You're listening to Find the Good News, Episode 15, The Surface and the Depth, featuring Ben Bonduke. This episode of Find the Good News is sponsored by Parker Brand Creative Services, a branding agency that thinks sideways, pushes forward, and gets your brand up. Check out our work at parkerbrandup.com. Would you like to help make sure I'm asking my guests the really good questions? Just visit findthegood.news and click the questions tab. I'll see if I can get your question dropped in the fishbowl. Each episode, my guests will dive deep, select three random questions, and if yours is selected, I'll ask it on the show. That's findthegood.news. In this episode of Find the Good News, I have a long visit with Southwest Louisiana musician and artist Ben Von Duke. This was a good encounter for me. I really didn't know Ben before this visit. I'd only experienced his music through his band, The Von Dukes, and I had seen his artwork on display at a variety of local events. Without knowing the man, I'd unknowingly built up my own version of what he would be like. That composite that I'd fabricated of Ben could not have been more wrong. This man behind the art and music is as peaceful and gentle an individual as I'd ever met. There was no pretension here. I felt that Ben was authentic, honest, and kind. This encounter with Ben was good for me because it helped break through programming that I've got in my mind, a programming that I suspect many of us have, that subconsciously classifies and draws sketches of people based on limited information. There's no doubt that I talk a lot more than Ben, but in allowing me to pick at his brain, I feel that I was able to scratch through the surface and get to the depths. Not just the depths of Ben Von Duke, but also through the surface of my own limited understanding. As hard as I work, I still have a mind that leans towards judgment. Whether Ben knows it or not, he helped me wrestle through those old impulses. By the end of our conversation, I felt like a better version of myself. By showing me his honest mind and heart, perhaps Ben helped me find a little more of my own goodness. Wake up, it's morning. You're dreaming up a story I can hear. The way it's going, cause you're laughing in your sleep. Path to your deliverance and a holy wall of light pouring through your window. Old news, bad news, fake news. Sometimes you just want to shut it all down and get no news at all. With Find the Good News, I aim to change that by focusing on good people doing good work. I visit with artists, educators, civic and spiritual leaders, musicians, business owners, students, volunteers, and everyday citizens who are using their creativity, resources, and talents to bring hope and happiness to their corner of the world. In each episode, I dig into the hearts and minds of my extraordinary guests. We have street-level conversations about relatable things going on in their lives. Discover the critical life experiences that shape them, the perspectives that drive them, and the fundamental beliefs that are anchoring them to a path of goodness. There's a lot of news in the world. My name is Orrin Parker, and I'm going to find the good. And I love you just. shows called uh you know find the good news it seems like everything out there is like bad news right any news out there yeah i mean even when you try to avoid it you know i i I open my news feed because i don't want to uh i'm not a believer in shutting it all out you know what i mean like not getting any information yeah but it's so hard 
because it just sort of flows in and, and then you go, well, I want to find positive stuff, but you can end up living in a dream world too and going, oh, this bad stuff ain't out there. Yeah. But I guess, you know, with this show, I have to be, I have to watch it because you can get, I think it's good to talk about negative things as long as there's a solution in mind because then it just becomes complaining it doesn't become yeah. like solution minded so my my thought was well you know we'll bring people on here from different categories people who are bringing joy or happiness or goodness and and I would say the little I do know about you because I try you know if I don't don't want to jump around too much but I try not to go uh digging yeah beforehand cuz this isn't I don't want this to be that I yeah. just want it to be like I'm. Hey, I'm meeting this person. You know, it's just to sit down with somebody that you're interested in. Yeah. And uh, just to jump into you, I guess I need to tell you about what the first time I ever encountered uh, you. I guess you'd call me a uh, probably a really terrible fan, <laughs> <laughs> if that makes any sense, because. You know, me and my wife, we we really don't get to go listen to a lot of live music, but we both love to do it. Yeah. And so when I, when we hear something that we like, it, it's always a treat. And years ago, oh, yeah, I was when I guess it was AJ's. Oh downtown. yeah, yeah AJ's. Yeah. Yeah, I had never been there before. The first thing was the name. They said the Von Dukes are playing. I didn't. Oh, yeah. I didn't know where y'all where you were from. I didn't know anything about it. It's just a cold open, you know, for me. And I was like, oh, okay. I didn't know what kind of music I was about to hear. And I mean, you have to forgive me if I call it the wrong genre because at that time, I just when I heard it, I was like, that's got like a, a rockabilly sound. Yeah, it man. was straight on rockabilly back then. Oh, dude, I, I was in love, man. I was like, what in the world? It, it is awesome. And Late Charles, man, it was just a rocking little show, man. Yeah. So yeah, I was just moving back from uh, Houston at that point. Really? Yeah. So that was something new around that was here. Something new. We were working on it for a while. Um, a lot of the songs, I mean, we wrote in high school. Really? Man, we still play them. Really, same same set. You yeah. got them in there, huh? Yeah. Yeah. Has have y'all sound has your sound changed? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I mean, it's like shoot. Now it's just kind of mixed all in together. I mean, you got some '77 punk rock style, like. 70s rock and roll, 70s metal mixed in with it. Yeah. Uh, rockabilly, old school country. It's a fun show. Yeah. I mean, it's all, we kind of took the label off of and just did what we like. That's know? right. You know, that's funny. You say it exactly like the people who, other people who've been on this show, they say the same thing. I'm going to do what I like and I'm going to do, because I'm doing what I like, I'm going to do it better. And then by doing it better, other people just are attracted to it. You're not trying to do something. Yeah, it's a little bit more genuine. Right. Yeah. So, I mean, how does that begin for you So, as far as being a musician? I mean, obviously, you're a creative person in a lot of aspects. But as far as being a musician, when does that start for you in your life? Was that something from early childhood or did you pick that up later? Uh, I mean, I've always been in art and music, but... uh well, I think I got my first acoustic in third grade. Third grade. Yeah. You 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 asked for it, or did somebody yeah, just gave yeah, it? Yeah, I got it? it for Christmas. Really? Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it came from uh, Lions Music. Oh, really? Here in Sulphur Street. Yeah. Yeah, I think. It, I don't know if they're open anymore. I've seen the sign. That's right. It's right around the corner. That's where I got a saxophone when I yeah, was in junior. I think. It, I mean, it was a cheap, a cheap model. The action was so high. It was like cut my fingers up and everything. Yeah. 
but I mean, I think at the time that that certain model cost probably no more than sixty dollars. Come on! Oh my gosh, man! So third grade, you start playing, and what happens next? Well, I didn't constantly play, but that was my first interest in wanting to play. Yeah. Uh, I guess I was kind of uh, intimidated by it. Sure, I mean, I'm learning to play guitar. And I'm I was trying to figure out ways to hook 9-volt batteries up to it to make it electric and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> but it didn't work. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was probably in high school I picked it back up. Uh, you know, did some work on it to make it easier to play. And then after that, once I learned some notes, chords... Um, uh, I got an electric. It was a Les Paul. Yeah. From uh, it's called the Treasure Hunter. It was in Westlake. Yeah. And uh, this dude had nothing but Les Pauls in there, but uh, my dad got me one for Christmas, and taught me how to play. You know, like Smoke on the Water. So and, your dad played guitar. Uh, he was a bass player. Okay. Yeah, he played in a band around here in the seventies. So music was in the family already. Yeah. 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 Well, that's good. So he taught you to play smoke on the water, and then didn't you get the bug after that, huh? Well, let's see. He taught me that. He taught me some Black Sabbath. I think it was, uh, I'd have been paranoid. And uh, Jumping Jack Flash by the Stones. Yeah. Well, that's pretty cool, man. I mean, you know, not every kid's got a, a parent that's, that was in a band, you know? Yeah. And then he taught me some bar chords, and then, uh, shoot couple weeks later we start a punk rock band <laughs> come on how old are you at this point uh 15 or 16 really and uh you know this was me and uh luke duke yeah well y'all been playing together a so long time so we're still time, playing man. together yeah yeah i had no clue <laughs> yeah holy yeah. cow i didn't know y'all went back that far oh yeah oh man well that's inseparable yep so you move now that's interesting so y'all were in that first initial band together how long do y'all play together and then you said you when we were talking before you were in the navy you moved oh away. yeah yeah i moved i moved to houston with my family um right after high school okay so you and luke kind of start that band and then y'all don't play for a while i'm assuming huh? yeah but but you know uh i was coming here every weekend oh really okay um because i missed the place so much so I mean, we play music and record every time. Really? Um, you know, do shows at the Kilowatt Club. Yeah. Um, I'd show up in town. We'd go over some songs and come up with something with set or something. Yeah. Play a show over there. Play some shows with. Uh, it was a band called Mystic Fix. They're from Lafayette, but uh, they were like a punk rock band. But it was just. I mean, it was awesome back then. Different time. Yeah. Well, so Jody was kind of talking about it. It was really, it wasn't a, not like now, you know, there's a lot, there's venues and things like that. You had to kind of make your own venue. Yeah. I mean, this was at the Kilowatt Club in Westlake. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, that that was probably a little bit after uh, the two spots he was talking about. Uh, I never could even pronounce the name of the place. Porkwapa. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's a tongue twister for me. Y'all never played there? No, but we'd watch bands there. Okay. Um, like, uh, well, Mystic Fix would play there. 
I used to like this surf band. They're called uh, the Jukeboxers. Yeah, where were they from? Uh, they're from here. Oh, really? Yeah. So you 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 go in the navy. You travel in the navy, or you did you travel around while you yeah, were in the navy? Yeah. Well, I um, I signed up, and uh, you know they were having us run PT and get into shape and all that. Right. So uh, it was in the, called delayed entry program. Okay. So they kind of teach you the ropes and all that. Yeah. But anyway, uh, I finally set up a date to actually go to boot camp. I did that, and by a month before uh, was September 11th. Oh, wow. So I went to boot camp, and uh, after that, my squadron was deployed on on a ship. And we, really? we were out there for all that. Oh, my gosh, man. The whole world changed. Yeah. I mean, really, we're still feeling that today. Yep. Yeah, I tell my son that uh, he was born right after, well, I say right after a, uh, a year after that, and a year and a half. And, you know, when I talk about that day with him, for him, it's not even a memory. You know, all it is is footage and stories. You yeah. Know? And, he's, and, and I told him, I said, yes, that's interesting. I said, because I forget sometimes that the world you're living in is really a direct result of what happened then. I mean, everything, even the political climate, I mean, the way we treat each other, all of that, everything just shifted. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you're, you, man, that's crazy. You, you get in the military right at that moment. Yeah, you couldn't crazy. have bullseyed. And yeah, it's like, insane. It was like, let's see, once I set a date, I remember waking up to the little thing on the radio and it's like, damn. What in the world, man? What did I get myself into? Sure. <laughs> well, I mean, you know, it's different signing up during peacetime, man. Yeah. I mean, it really is. I mean, it's a... And I mean, I'm not going to say the world was 100% peaceful, but before then, I mean, I would have considered that peacetime, even in the 90s, I mean, when we were at war in, in Iraq, uh, I still kind of felt like that was peacetime for the most part, but man, it just seems like it's a doggone mess now. You yeah, know, I mean, I haven't really kept track of it uh, since I got out. Yeah. So I couldn't tell you, but. <laughs> <laughs> so you were in for a while, kind of a wild ride. I mean, the whole the whole demeanor of everything just shifts. I'm sure oh, yeah. y'all's alert level was higher. I mean, even training was probably. Yeah, it's just weird to get thrown into it, you know. Um, that scenario becomes uh, pretty normal. Yeah. You know, like wearing gas mask for 24 hours and all this yeah you know and it's just like damn this you know isn't something that normal people go through sure <laughs> yeah no true with planes crashing and missiles you know well and man flying out of the submarines beside you and yeah uh all fires and that's not what your life was before and it's no, not what you really no. expected but to you be know it, it, it becomes like natural does how fast does it take like really to, fast really like, i mean it starts kicking in probably within the first by 24 hours really it's like oh, it's i guess new it starts race. off with shock and then you're like uh once the shock wears off it's just like you know i guess this is normal <laughs> yeah well and as it goes on and that chain doesn't change and it stays that way yeah you know, because that's an escalation period right there. I mean, from 2001 to, well, you were in for five years? Yeah. So the 2001 to 2005 or six, you're talking about yeah, an escalation. That's yeah. not like this happens and everything flatlines. That's that's yeah. up the, it gets 
exponentially different conflicts and things. Yep. I mean, even the training changes, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, okay, so you spend five years. That's interesting because, I mean, you know, on one hand, I didn't think we were going to talk about the military so much, but, I mean, that's a, that's how conversations go. So you take a guy like you, and, I mean, you're an artist, you're a creative person, you, you're, doing, you're into music, and you said that's all going on in your childhood, and it's part of your life. I, I can tell you I'm kind of a similar uh, from a similar background okay i mean i've always drawn and liked art and i like music i don't i don't play guitar i play harmonica and i yeah. like to sing and write but so i mean creativity is creativity and you know not every everyone's not created equal in that regard i mean we're all different but i think a lot of the time creative people have us a different temperament and maybe even a different way of looking at the world yeah well i mean i try to stay positive you know yeah. um but how do you take that guy this kid who's playing guitar in a band, creative music, music's kind of flowing, and then you stick that guy in the military, and then bam, he's in a, a he's in a nine eleven world now. How does that fit, and how does that change you? Does it change you? Did, did you change? Well, I mean, I'm sure you did. To yeah, some degree. yeah. Uh, I mean, I'd say that uh, I'd say that it affected me in a way that uh, I realized how how fragile we are. I guess. Yeah. Um, I guess I went in, you know, just full of piss and vinegar, thinking I was indestructible. Yeah. And then, you know, something like that opens your eyes and you're like, you know, we're about, you know, as as fragile as a a sheet of paper. (laughs) Yeah, right, right. Well, yeah, you see a different side to life. I've talked to a lot of guys who, friends who have been in the military for long periods of time, and uh, many of them go back in. Because yeah. it's the world they see on that side of things. They come back and try to fit into like a regular job. And, and, and like, that is that hard. Doesn't. That's hard for me. Um, you know, you go from multi-million dollar equipment in charge of like, uh, you know, aircraft and all this. And then once you get out, it's like, basically, I mean, it was like for me, I couldn't even get a job uh, doing what I did. Yeah, that training doesn't really yeah, apply all the time. I, I, for, and, and I've heard that... Uh, I've heard that they just kind of want to, uh, with them jobs, they kind of want to start fresh and train you. But if you've already been trained like that, I mean, that's pure speculation. But, you know, but that that's what I'm getting at is that's the hard part. Reintegration. It, yeah, yeah. You know, because you're like, they're fairly, like, very, very important. <laughs> yeah, right. And then once you get out, you're like, basically... Uh, the low man on the totem pole again. Right. Even though you worked yourself up the totem pole in that facet. Yeah, I can see that being hard. So that is that is that's the hard part. And you found that's that's a bit of a struggle. Well, what do you what what's your what's your career right now? I mean, your primary. I'm a, I'm a carpenter now. Okay. Yeah. Do you work for yourself or do you no, work on a crew? No, I work for I work um with the crew. Yeah. My father was a carpenter. He was a good carpenter. Yeah, I mean that's a honestly, I think it's probably my dad always said it's one of the most honorable trades on the planet. Yeah, you know nothing like it, starting from nothing, and you know you get a little. It's just kind of like artwork. You get sure. a visual image of it, and uh, you do what you can to uh, translate that. Right. I always was amazed by that when I uh, the things my my dad would build, like building a home, just was so. As I've gotten older, I I wish I'd have appreciated it more when I was younger, you know, because I didn't. I was like any other kid. I wasn't uh, 
when I daydream now and think about that, <clears throat> if I could just go back in time, man, I mean, just just for little key moments, there's these memories I have of him doing particular projects or working on different places. or And he would bring me sometimes, you know. And now I just go, boy, if I could just go back and pause time and, like, have slow it down and even, like, just kind of touch him, too. You know, yeah. not just me, but touch him, too, and go plant a seed in his head of awareness if that makes any sense to where it's like hey go to your son right now you have the time i know you're trying to build this house but go to your son and share this with him and like i could touch my my childhood self and go yeah your father's about to share something with you now y'all both pay attention pay attention <laughs> oh man what a blessing that would be to yeah. have that happen because i honestly think it that just that the joy of learning to build with my father that sounds like heaven man yeah you know, yeah. heaven. Uh, I don't have those kind of memories, so that would be that's something I think would be a treasure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Do you you have children? Yeah, I got two. Two? How old yeah. are they? I got one that's uh, three, or about to turn four. Oh wow! And I have one that's eight. Boys, girls. That's uh, two boys. Two boys. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, eight? You said? Yeah. Yeah. I got my my youngest son's eight. Does he? Uh, is he interested in what you're doing, your, your music, or your, uh, your even your trade, being a carpenter? Is he interested in any of that, or does that translate uh, over? He, I mean, he's he, he does a little bit of artwork. Yeah, um, he's kind of in the stage where he's uh, stuck to to his video games. <laughs> Mine too, man. You know, and Legos. Yeah, he's a builder. Then mine's the same way, man. He likes building and, and problem solving and, and coming up with plans for things. You know? Yeah. But creative, too. You know, it's interesting. He's a pretty good mix. I actually find that I see a lot of my father in him uh, as he as he gets a little older. Just some of, some of my dad's rambunctious. Skip the generation. Yeah, yeah, right. There's a lot more of my dad in him, I think, than, than there is in me, probably. Yeah. It's interesting. Now, man, having kids in, in, in a creative family, uh, I think it's interesting. I've seen that in my my daughter, my oldest son, and my youngest, too. It gets it gets passed on, you know? Yeah. Even yeah, if you're definitely. not trying to. Well, yeah, yeah. It's just, you know, it rubs off on them. I mean, I mean how couldn't it? <laughs> right. Yeah, they're around it. I mean, they see you play. I mean, how, do you practice a lot, you and, you and the guys, I mean, in your band? Do you all practice? play together every week or every i mean how often do yeah you all... i mean we try to every week um our uh bass player hadn't been in good health so actually i think today he had surgery so he should be on the ups now yeah are y'all in i mean are are, are y'all in several bands or is it just the one band von dukes oh uh, that's the only one i'm in uh okay. luke, luke is in large marge aaron collins was in uh a couple but uh I'm not sure if he's got any projects going on. Yeah. Uh, other than us. But as the Von Dukes, y'all play at least once a week, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we try to. Yeah. So yeah, whenever you first formed formed the Von Dukes, I mean, when does that happen, and what what time period are we talking about? Uh, that happened. Uh, I got out of the Navy, moved to Houston for about by about a year, went to college. How'd that go? Uh, well, I suck at math, so it's like they made me take all these remedial courses for a dang art degree, and I was like, uh, honestly, could say that I tried my hardest, uh, it just wasn't working. So, hey, you know what, man? Move back here. I don't know how I feel about all that kind of stuff. I mean, it's not a popular sentiment, I think, to say 
<clears throat> to not um well i'll put it this way i guess the plainest way is if i went and sat with a group of parents and said i'm not pushing my kids to go to college there's a lot of people who would say that's frowned upon you yeah. need a degree but you know if you really look around i know a lot of people who have college degrees who are in, who have a lot of college debt and still can't find the work that they went to school for it's a lot like that military scenario that you yeah, kind of talked yeah, about yeah, that's so you know where you you get this training and then the jobs aren't there yeah yeah you know so i don't know i um having those i've had having those conversations with my oldest boy you know like uh you know is is basically it's is college what you want to do because he's creative he's got other skills and you know yeah college can be a door but it doesn't always work out that way for everybody yeah yeah i don't know i don't want to steer my children the wrong way but i don't want to force them down a path either yeah no because that sometimes backfires oh i've seen it backfire for sure i mean imagine have if, if you'd have been forced down a path how, how would that have went i mean it would have went the opposite way yeah <laughs> i mean it depends on how you were wired yeah yeah so you go to Houston, you go to college, and the math, you know, <laughs> the math, the math oh, becomes math. a stickler. See, I would have made banner roll pie every year if it wasn't for math in high school. Isn't that something? How we've had an educator on here. You don't know if you know Mickey Smith. Saxophonist? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I graduated with him. Did you? I like Mickey a lot, and he has some interesting um, <clears throat> thoughts about education. You know, he feels he, he he makes a good point that. We're not teaching children in new ways. We're kind of using an old structure. Yeah. And the world's just changed so much. And I tend to think that, and I see it even here with when you have team teammates, it's like who you got to watch people and go, Hey, you have this skill. And I've seen, I've seen designers become really good copywriters. Yeah. They're not trained. They haven't been to school for, they have no degree in it. They have no experience, but because they're creative and you go, Hey, you're thinking creatively you have a tendency to put these words together you got to let them do it and you got to sh- go hey try this try this well all of a sudden you're yeah. going they're writing incredible tv scripts and radio scripts and and copy and brochures and you're like you know there's people who would go well they're not trained I'm like yeah but that is that how it has to be they don't have the degree but i mean is the skill not any no See, more valid i mean i think that i think that it should be i think that there's too much on higher education because they have a lot of people that it's they're naturally talented with that sure and they don't really have that that much of a chance yeah and you know unless they know somebody yeah well i mean look i can i'll give you this is the best example i can think of it relates to you so i go to aj's i don't know you guys we walk in and we are just instantly exposed to your performance there's no part of me that goes i wonder if they were formally trained <laughs> i need to ask and see if they have a degree in this yeah you know i mean my, <laughs> i can't read music <laughs> that doesn't change my experience yeah, yeah as exactly. the, the consumer yeah. of that that beautiful thing you know and so i think that there's i don't know i'm not saying it's i'm not saying there's no value to the higher education i mean there's things you can't get perhaps out of side of a university or, or some kind of formal training perhaps i don't know i mean i guess it really a lot of it might all depend on who's the, who the educator is honestly yeah yeah you know i've had some really profound educators that left a mark on me and a lot of times the mark that they left didn't have anything to do with the training it, it was, was more kind of, kind of unconventional yeah um just kind of stepped out of the box yeah that's how my that's from my experience uh the most i've gotten out of anything like that yeah 
somebody that just kind of touches you in a certain way. Yeah. Was there anybody like that for you that you can think of that's been that influ- influential? Um, uh, I actually had an art teacher in high school. Uh, her name was uh, Mickey Stoker. Yeah. And uh, she influenced me a lot and, uh, you know, helped me realize what, you know, what I needed to focus more on. Yeah. What was that advice from her? What, what, what did she tell you you needed to focus on? Well, I think at the time I was doing uh, mainly pencil drawings, um, and but a lot of like grayscale shading. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she told me that I needed to, uh, you know, basically pay more attention to color. Yeah. We'll start working that. Yeah. In. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't. I wish I'd have had somebody like that because I I tend to. Yeah, I guess I would say I probably have avoided some things that I probably could have learned because I was afraid and no, and I didn't really have that voice, you know. Yeah. And uh, or somebody on the sideline pushing, so I kind of meandered into the things I was interested in and, and avoided the things I didn't. I've learned to fight it and go down those paths if I need a skill. But when I was younger, there weren't a lot of voices like that. Yeah in my life so yeah i kind of have regrets about that kind of thing if i'm being honest i mean that's the truth sometimes i you know i daydream a lot about i wonder what you know if you'd have if i'd have had a a mentor or just somebody like that that said you know you should really give this a shot yeah you know i mean did it make it i mean did it make a big difference for you i mean that changes your course as far as an artist now i mean i only do black and white as like a sketch um i mean pretty much everything's in color yeah, well, your work is in color work is really good. Appreciate it. Oh man, I mean, I, I really I feel like I've seen some of these pieces before, and I feel like I might have seen that calendar now that I uh, now that I looked through your portfolio. But man, those are just snapshots of history. But it's awesome that they're not just a photograph. There's something special about it being an yeah. illustration. Well, you know, I tried to make them a little bit whimsical. Yeah, um, and you capture a feeling, a vibe, romantic. Yeah. No, I like that. I like that about it. There's something different about that. A photo you can look at and kind of get in the details, but when you have the opportunity to capture a moment in time like that in an illustration, like you said, you can add things in there that you know maybe they were not wouldn't be in the photo. Yeah, yeah. You know, like a, a particular car model, or uh, even if it's just the way people are dressed, or adding you know extra. I don't know, just little embellishments. Yeah. Is that how you go about that when you take on a project like those locations? Oh, yeah, I do that all the time. That's you probably know, fun, I, man, how to research that. You, you you listen to people's stories, and you're like, uh, you know, there's got to be some way to include this in here. Yeah. You know, just little things. Yes, I do add more cars, usually. Yeah. More cooler cars. <laughs> right. I try to fill it out and, you know, do what I can to, you know, get that feeling to it that people describe. Yeah. That's what you're trying to capture as a feeling, I'm sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that's something special about art. I think sometimes, and I'm guilty of it, is you can look at an art from a technical aspect only and go, oh, that's a gr- that's an incredible technical, uh, the technical skill's high. I don't know. You can just say, oh, they drew that really well. There's just like perfection. But then you can look at something else, and if you base it on just technical skill, you're going, oh, you can maybe say it's diminished. But... I don't find that. I think that there's. It's nice when there's uh, just little embellishments that aren't just precise. You know what I mean? It's not just yeah. like oh, every single stitch and bolt and screw is in something. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, and and that leaves a lot of room to to like for me. It it leaves a lot of room for 
you know, like more elaborate line work and uh, shadows, like different lighting techniques, I guess. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just kind of, you can kind of create your own uh, view on it, I guess. Um, translation. And I'm happy, I know it. You've probably heard me mention filming videos, building websites, creating logos, or building brands on this podcast. Well, there's a good reason for that. I'm a brand builder, and my brand is Parker Brand Creative Services. My team and I have built countless brands in the Gulf Coast region, and a lot of our work in the travel and tourism industry is experienced across the country, and honestly, the whole world. We have our specialties, web, logo, package, and whole brand design, as well as video production and photography. But the reality is we function as a full service advertising agency to businesses that don't really mesh well with larger advertising agencies or just don't want to have in-house creative departments. But don't listen to what I say. Just go to our website, parkerbrandup.com and take a look at what we do. We're a show it, don't say it team. Okay, you should definitely say it too, but you know what I mean. That's parkerbrandup.com. We think sideways, we push forward, and we'll get your brand up. So take this, you've earned it, a melody and chorus. When you, you did the piece for Delta Downs recently of their track, the one you showed me, how long does a project like that take you? Whew. That one took uh, that took a couple weeks. Yeah, yep. cumulative hours. I mean, you do some, it's a little bit every day. I'm yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, that that must be nice. I would say that's a big difference between actual art like that and what we do in, in a, I guess, a graphics design agency. Ours, you don't do a little bit every day. Most of the time, you you put your time in, and you just got to kind of keep going till it's done. Yeah, you don't yeah. you don't like set it down just, and come yeah, back. Put straight hours on it. Yeah, yeah, you're in it, and I'm not gonna say you don't stop, but most of the time it's four five six seven hours on that project and then yeah. you, you might not finish in a day so you would come back the next day it's probably what you're working on the next day though well, yeah uh, i mean if it, if if artwork was a job i mean it'd probably be like that yeah but probably so it's just a hobby uh, i don't really. know man that's beyond hobby level <laughs> I, mean, I mean of course. i'd like to i'd like to get a job drawing <laughs> yeah drawing and painting but have you ever done a book or anything like that illustrated a book has anybody ever approached you about anything like that no no your work seems like it would lend to that i mean you have the the variety in there a lot of a lot of artists can't they're really good at people and maybe not so good at landscapes and objects or they're maybe really good at vehicles and not buildings or you know what i mean but what i saw in your portfolio you have the variety i mean you you can do all the things you've got the technical skill to do the mechanic mechanical objects that have a lot of straight lines and buildings and things but there's also the landscapes and people too i don't know that that's just i may be curious because i mean i could see you know it'd be interesting to see someone do like a uh i don't know just a history book where you maybe go back and do tell a story and yeah, you, you could really do that. Do that kind of work. It looks like. If anybody's listening, give me a job. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I mean that's how it works, right? I mean you got to just make the right connection. I think a lot of times that's what people's success really amounts to. I mean that sounds that's a really I got kind of almost apologize. I mean you got to wait for, for the door that. to open, uh, you know, to open yeah. up for you. Yeah, at and the right you, time. And you got to uh, do the work too. I mean you have yeah. to put the time in. Yeah. You know that's the thing. I mean some people. I think perhaps are waiting for their ship to come in, you know, that whole yeah. thing. It's like, well, when's my big break coming? And I, I'd actually read 
something about that recently a pretty interesting article and it's saying that maybe a lot more people now have that feeling it's been sort of uh embedded in us all that well i'm just kind of waiting for my ship to come in and everybody has that feeling right now yeah like you know something's gonna happen they're gonna get discovered and it's and a lot of that just comes from so much information and we're we're exposed to so much of that and and tv shows that like it's like a get someone goes on a show a reality tv and all of a sudden they're a star like a a guarantee yeah so it's like everybody's got this shoe in that well the only reason i haven't i'm not successful is because i haven't been discovered yet yeah you know my my secret ability or my windfall and the reality is is that that's not coming for everybody yeah you know The chances get better as long as you, uh, you know, do work towards that goal, you know? Yeah. I mean, would you say that's a goal for you? I mean, to uh, to be a full-time illustrator or musician? or musician. Well, yeah. I mean. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Both or one or the other? If you had your choice, if you could pick one or the other, that's a good question. I mean, huh. with two talents like that, because you're highly talented at both, if you could only pick one to go all the way in, which would it be? Uh, it'd probably be artwork. Really? Yeah. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know how long I can handle the road, you know? Right. When you have a family. Yeah. That's, that's yeah, difficult. That would, that would, uh, I mean, that would kill me not to be able to see them. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I know that feeling. My son and I were just having this conversation this morning, man. I got to tell you this story. You know, as a parent, you know, I'm sure you know your perspective is so different than your kids. And, and your kids are still young, which is eight's a good age because you're really getting into that age, you know, where you can have those little conversations and they're beginning to learn about the world and have ideas and thoughts, which always amazes me. But it's when they get to those teenage years those conversations are totally different and so my son and i were talking about being homesick and he said you get homesick because i mean i'm at work or i'm at home most of the time yeah because i'm I'm an involved parent i mean i'm either with my kids or i'm with a client or i'm at work i'm not typically just doing whatever i want most of my life's about somebody else and so i said sure i get homesick all the time he's like when i was like well when i'm at work you know like if i gotta work late or if i'm driving a long distance to go to a meeting or if i'm out video and i do a lot of video work so i'm a lot of times i'm out on the weekend filming other people's fun yeah do you know oh yeah and so some people who love videography would say oh that's fun and i'm like well yeah it is but a lot of times i'm watching other people drink and laugh and (laughs) and i'm just hustling angles if that makes any sense you know it's like how can i i gotta catch this shot and that shot so i'm not really there and so i told my son i said yeah i get super lonely when i'm doing those jobs i'm not gonna lie i said i get lonely behind the camera get kind of my own headspace i said no i get homesick he's like that's weird he said but you're coming home tonight that night and i said yeah but i don't know i said i get sad man i think about y'all being at home or i think about what y'all are doing i said yeah they get homesick he said i don't know i said well do you ever get homesick he goes yeah i get homesick he's in he's in band he's he's in color guard and so they go out of town you know he said yeah i get homesick when we're out of town like at three or four hours away and we're not gonna get back till late and this is what he says dude he goes I get homesick for Taco Bell. I was like, what? And I thought about it. And I, at first I thought that is so insulting. But what he means is I always, I'm waiting for him in the parking lot in like 1230 at night. He gets home. He's always hungry. And we go to Taco Bell. Yeah. And I didn't, at first I didn't read that statement right. But later on today is when I was meditating on it. And I was like, you know, I think what he means is it's the idea of the memory. Because as he gets, when he gets older, he's going to look back and go, yeah, I remember when me and dad would always, 
I'd be tired and dad would take me to Taco Bell. Yeah, definitely. So that's what he's homesick for is the, the scenario. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of a beautiful thing. You know, the, the statement in itself, almost somebody could go, man, that was kind of a yeah, yeah, a slight, but I get it. You a little know? bit more to it. That's right. You yeah. know, when he's 40 years old and I, who knows if I'll be around, that memory is going to be something he'll be homesick for. You know, oh, yeah, me and dad going to Taco Bell. Yeah. That's the kind of things you want, man. I mean, for all the success in the world, you, if you don't have stuff like that, you don't really have anything. Oh, no, not at all. Yeah, well, I find it interesting, man, that you would choose art. I, I, you know, it's interesting anytime I meet somebody, <clears throat> which I didn't know you till tonight, other than who I've seen, you know, and experienced. But uh, I'm always fascinated by that to, because I experienced you, I guess, again, as a musician, mostly. And then I've been to different events that I was filming, honestly. Yeah. And I, I would see your art and I went, oh, he does art. But it was like, in my brain, I wired you in as a musician, and the art was secondary. Oh yeah, yeah. Do you find that happens a lot with you? Perception of public perception is that you're a musician first and artist second, or do you feel like it's? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know if I really thought about that. Yeah, I wonder. You know, I mean, because how many? You know, think of thinking about it from that perspective. How many people? How many people who go listen to your music go to the next step, then also experience you as an artist? I mean, it happens quite often around here. Yeah, locally, probably. But, huh? uh, but it also goes the other way, too. It's you like, go to events where you're not playing I do music. Art, artwork events, and they find out that I play music, too. And they're like, hey, I didn't know you were a musician, too. Interesting. I wonder, have you, in an attempt to grow either or, do you marry those two together ever? You know, and I, I'll bring this up, and, I, and I'll just to stimulate a thought here. There was an event in Lake Charles, and I think I brought it up on another one of the shows. It was called Vision and Verse, where they had the poet would write a poem, yeah. and someone would paint an artist. Or, or else they would write a song, and then someone would paint a painting based on the song. Uh-huh. Have you ever thought about doing that, like making a bridge between those two worlds? You know, like letting, like writing a song that you're going to perform, but then also you have a piece of art that goes along yeah, with Yeah, I mean, it. I like to say that I've done that before. Seems like they go point. together. Even if it's just, uh, have you ever done like your own album art? Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Yep. How many albums have you put out? Uh, let's see. We got uh, two, and we're about to start working on another one. Oh, right on. Isn't it always the same lineup of folks in your band that's been there since the beginning, no, or have y'all Luke, shifted? Luke, Luke, uh, Luke Duke is the only constant. I guess we've gone through quite a few members over the years. Now, does your sound change a lot when the members change? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely new dynamic oh yeah yeah profoundly yeah i uh i was a fan of the band uh wolf mother for a while and i guess i came in late when they were kind of they had a kind of a peak in my opinion but about the time i got i got to liking their music the lineup changed next album comes out and i was like oh this is good but it doesn't sound like it but then the next album comes out sounds totally different the next one comes out and i'm like man i don't like what's happened and i go look and i'm like oh the only person's the same as the lead yeah well that's kind of like social distortion too (laughs) the only original guy is the lead singer uh, yeah mike ness yeah and i mean when you change members you have to find out what they're what they do best yeah and to an extent without losing control of the sound you have to let them be artists for what they're doing so I think that's maybe why it changes whenever sure. members change. That's that's a good thing, I guess, right? Well, I mean, you don't want the person to not be able to feel like they can't contribute creatively. Right. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think 
that puts too much of a, a restraint. I would say that's the same thing oh, yeah. in what we do too. I mean, I can relate to that. Yeah. If you have team members, and I mean, I would, I guess my primary function is as a creative director and making sure that it's good for the client to see or what have you, or even if we're creating the idea from scratch, it's the same thing. If I've got a team member who I'm going, no, that's not how we're going to do it. And I'm always doing that. Then anybody can do fit their felt sit in their chair. Anybody could sit there. And that's yeah. not, that's not a team. That's just, that's warm bodies, you know? Yeah. I don't know. I wondered about that. Well, that kind of makes me think about something else. So if you're, you know, you change people and then the sound changes, are there different times in your life where you've had experiences that have just changed the way you write or the way you produce music? Uh, yeah. I mean, I mean, as I've grown older, the songs have definitely matured. Yeah. How so? Like, uh, in what way? Uh, I mean, back when I first started playing music, it was all, I was in a punk rock band, so it was all like, <laughs> yeah, you know, F you and F this and <laughs> right. <laughs> right. it wasn't very positive. I've gotten more positive over the years. You have. Okay. You know, I never really was not positive. Um, but the genre kind of lit to uh, yeah yeah <laughs> you know the high school kids yeah re- uh, re- rebel <laughs> yeah the high school punk rockers uh, of course are going to be angry at something yeah <laughs> right so what 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 do you what would you say now I mean you said softened up a little bit as far as the the messages in the song are there messages or is it just for fun I mean is or is it just a mix I mean how do you go about that when you're writing um, I think mainly now I'll write about feelings. I mean, whether it makes sense or not, uh, that to makes me sense. it makes sense. Yeah. You know, just something that just, you know, it means something to me. And when I play the music along with it, uh, it conveys the same feeling. Whether the lyrics make sense or not, it's just all about just what I'm feeling at the time. Sure. You know, the energy, you know, the energy that I have when I'm writing it. Do you ever just sit down to write or do you typically wait to be inspired by something, a feeling, or some, or an occurrence that get causes a feeling? Yeah, I mean that's usually what I do. Okay, so something just hits you. Yeah, or something will happen. Yeah, yeah. What's the? I mean, I, I love this kind of stuff. I'm fascinated by that because that's to me that's when the best stuff happens. It's like you said, you use the word energy, and it's it's the way it is. I I talk about this all the time. I'm pose this to you. I I believe that creativity is actually a force. Yeah. I don't I don't believe uh, I don't believe in a cold universe. I think that there's a life force and I think creativity is like an element of that and that it wants to make things. Oh yeah. And so when I feel that energy on one hand someone could argue that and say well that's just your emotion. I tend to feel like it's a spirit and when it you can catch it and go oh, I'm going to ride this. Yeah. And better things for me happen when I write it. Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, because, you, you know, once you're open to that and and you just, you know, go with how you feel about it or, you know, uh, I mean, what bad could come out of it? Usually I find that good things come out of good energy or, you know, doing something with it. Sure. Don't just kill it. Yeah. Have just, you just let it go and uh Yeah. Do you let do you find that you typically do that? I mean you you typically when you feel it you catch it and ride it most of the time or yeah. do you Yeah, definitely. 
Yeah, that's what I want. That's the kind of life I want to live. I really, I want more of that. You know, man, I, mean, I really do. Well, you know, it's just one of them things where don't close the door to nothing. Like, if it, don't be scared to to, to roll with whatever it is, you know. And, yeah, kind of had an occurrence like that today, and I really don't. I, I'm gonna try to tell it without share it without sharing the details, but it really wasn't. It took me all day wrestling with something. And I guess some people might even say, well, that has nothing to do with creativity, but it was sort of creative problem solving. And it was really wrestling with two different parts of myself, you know, like there's the part of myself that I just said that I want more of that, which when I, when I say I want more of that and and do, like you said, I don't close the door. I make better connections with people. The conversations are more heartfelt and open. The collaborations are better. And it just ultimately bubbles up into what I would call just more love. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But when I, the other part of myself, which is the part that fits into the daily grind of, of, you know, the work, the job, which is the business side of it, I make different decisions. And there, and I find that those decisions are not heart decisions. They're mind decisions. And they're really time-based most of the time because time is so, uh, there's so little of it in our type of profession. So I have to quantify it and go, well, I only have this much time I can give this and I have this much time I can give that. And as I start slicing the time up, I find when something is a time thief that I become more sour because I'm trying to protect this time. And then what really hurts my heart the most is whenever that time thief is a person and I go, that's where the struggle, I guess, where I'm getting at is I go, you know, this person, if I take it, if I take this time block off and throw that out the window, then I see this person as my brother. Yeah. And I see this person as another human being has a heart feelings. And I look at them that way. And then I can, I want to visit with them. I want to spend time with them. I'll give them anything. I want to give them anything in the world. But when I draw the box around them from the other side of it, the work side, the business yeah. side, they become a project and then I see them stealing my time and I can only give them so much time and I want to do something good for them but I only have so much I can yeah and I'm not saying that's bad well maybe I am saying it's bad I don't really know what I'm saying all I'm saying is that was my struggle today with a particular person it took me all day to finally go okay there is a solution to this and a door that's open it isn't the door that I wanted but it is a door and it's a creative solution once I let my energy flow there i felt so much better about the solution man yeah i mean i was like ah this was here all day but it was a struggle i mean it makes me think about all the times that i don't take the time to struggle with it and i can kind of disregard a person because they're stealing my time or whatever and that sounds probably i honestly kind of sounds like a jerk i don't mean it to sound that way but it's just a part of the reality of the job i think yeah i don't know do you ever experience that kind of thing has that ever happened to you or is it? Or you typically feel like you you're pretty good about leaning into just going, hey, this is I'm not gonna worry about this time. Yeah, I mean, pretty well. Of course, I got to worry about time at work, but uh, I mean, that's probably the only time that I worry about that. You know, is if I got to get something done. Yeah. Uh, at work. Uh, but I'm pretty laid back too. You know. Yeah, you seem pretty so laid I back. I just kind of go with the flow most of the time. Yeah. Uh, and if it is a time issue, like with communicating with people or whatever, I'll just, you know, make it short and sweet. Yeah. And, you know, try to end on a good note. Yeah. That's really good. I try not to step on anybody's toes or <laughs> make them all sour at me and stuff. Sure. <laughs> 
I uh, I find that as as the years go by, for me, if I'm short and sweet, people think something's wrong. And like I could like I'll give it to you this way: like most of like even the show, it's a lot of talking. You know, I mean, it's big conversations, so it's interacting, it's back and forth. There's this interplay, and um, that's the way I'm wired, and it's what I've done for so long that if I'm ha- I can have a cordial conversation with somebody but if it doesn't have any depth to it if i just say hi and smile and walk away most of the time people go something's wrong because they're not used to that because i've given the 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 dynamic so often that when i'm not they're like oh something's wrong most of the time nothing is wrong it's just it's in an attempt to be short and sweet which there's not used to you know so it's like it comes off as um sometimes it comes off even offensive because it's like well you're not giving me what you normally give me so some so yeah. you're, you're you're holding something back which i don't tend to do <laughs> i guess you set that bar too high for everybody oh well and i mean yeah so it's, I, I think it that's what's <laughs> happened man yeah yeah and as i get older i find that i um in some circumstances i feel like hey i want to pull back you know i want to step back and take a minute longer and maybe just take some some minutes for myself too uh but it's coming it comes off as maybe selfishness in a way sometimes and that's not really what it i may it's not really what it is it just comes off that way yeah you know it'd be like if you just had a big shift all of a sudden you know yeah and everybody's like what's going on with ben man (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean I, I don't know. That kind of stuff fascinates me. I mean, as far as creativity goes, I guess the reason I brought that up was because it ended up being a creative solution with that person, and it was a different type of creativity. It was a creativity to change circum- change decisions. Yeah. I think sometimes that can maybe not seen as creativity, but it is. Yeah, I mean, it, it, a little bit more dynamic if you, you know, open up the possibilities a little more. Yeah. Do you... Uh, Talking about that energy of creativity, do you have a particular memory or a song or a piece of art or you remember very well like you were just kind of riding that high and you went, this just went perfectly. This this whole thing, just something was born and I, you remember it like as an aha eureka type of moment? I mean, I get that a lot when I do oil paintings. Do you? Yeah. Getting the flow? Yeah, yeah. And it's like... Uh you know, you can manipulate the oil so much before it dries. Oh, the next yeah. thing you know, you end up with something that uh, you didn't think was possible for yourself to do. Yeah, I bet. So I've never done oil painting, man. That sounds, the way you just described that, actually, it, it makes it enticing. Yeah, it's, it's fun. I mean, that's why Bob Ross never put it down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you have you have any, any a project where you recall, though, particularly like one where you went, this this is a piece that I just go. Yeah, I was there. I was in I was in that space. Uh, I mean, my whole like with music, the whole uh, band was ended up being like that. Really? Uh, and with the band, I kind of want to create basically it's I mean, kind of like with, what, what you do, like with brand, like uh, a certain. Yeah stick to certain guidelines uh you know and just kind of uh i guess that that the band's kind of like an art project too yeah sure no absolutely yeah has the uh you know as a band do y'all do you ever uh you know on the surface i guess what i'm trying to say is that it's kind of like what people say to us let me do pose it this way a lot of times someone will come in here and go man must be so much fun doing what y'all do 
And on one hand, I would say, sure it is. But then, of course, there's always an underbelly to most things. So uh, with a band or with art, <clears throat> do, do you ever have bad days, I guess is what I'm saying. Do you ever have a show where it's just like, I just ain't feeling it, but I got to play it? Or is it every time? I mean, do you feel I mean, Some people, it is every time. It's no, like, hey. I mean, I think that uh, sometimes the energy we get from the crowd is better. Yeah. But as far as us playing music, I don't think there's ever a time that I don't want to play. Yeah. Not unless I can't sing or sick or something sick or, yeah yeah i can imagine that see i've never i never really thought about that see we don't experience that a lot of times when we're even if whether we're dealing with a one-on-one or with a group you're getting some kind of reaction i've had a cold client before where you can't get a feel on whether they like it or not i mean yeah. you do the work you pour your heart in but their their reaction isn't bad or good they pay the bill and you don't see them again yeah uh so there's no feedback and so that energy sort of fizzles out so i guess that's kind of like a cold crowd or a small crowd yeah definitely do you have those fans though that make it worth it do you have people that like you go man i see them at every do Do you have people like yeah we got fans like that yeah they'll sing along and they know all the lyrics and stuff that's awesome (laughs) how's that feel man that's got to feel good i I don't even know what that's like it feels pretty good it's pretty satisfying when did that first start happening for you like i mean you know because obviously there was a point where the songs were all new but uh, do you remember kind of like when you went oh man people know these songs now yeah i mean probably we, we were playing at uh luna and aj's quite a bit and uh shoot for a while i think it was every dang weekend at one or the other oh really (laughs) uh so much to the point we're just like dude we gotta slow down we're gonna burn everybody out yeah right it's like hey they're playing we've heard it we've heard it. you don't want that we've heard it mentality right yeah yeah. i don't i guess i guess people start singing along probably hmm, probably two to three months of being playing music around here yeah i hadn't heard john a long time because like i told you me and my wife don't get to go out and listen to live music that much we've always had kids you know and yeah. uh either one of us or the other one would go but a lot of times we couldn't go together and uh and for me it was always filming you know so i was sort of half in half out yeah you know i'm seeing it but i'm not experiencing it like if i was just sitting there chilling with a drink or something but uh i think it was a couple of years ago i'd filmed you at live at the lakefront and i think y'all had opened Oh, yeah, yeah. And so it wasn't, I, I wasn't in full swing yet. Like, with all the, all the people weren't there. And man, I really enjoyed that because that was like, I hadn't seen you in a while. Yeah. And I was like, man, well, the sound was different. I, I felt like, too. It was just a, y'all weren't, it was, it was different from what I had experienced all them years before. Yeah, at AJ's. I think early on it was, uh, uh, it was, I mean, straight up rockabilly. Yeah. We stuck to, to that, uh, for a while. Y'all even had kind of the look, man yeah definitely it was cool man i remember that very well yeah you know old school yeah but i think at live at lakefront i think about that time it was probably had a little bit more uh straight up rock and rolling yeah that's what it was you know i actually got a bunch of footage man i need to get that to you oh yeah you might be able to use it for something yeah but man y'all's instagram's kicking dude y'all use that you're that's that you that's doing all that posting or is you actually got... our uh our guitar player which is my cousin oh right okay um he's he's on top of the uh social media because he's a little bit younger yeah well it's active man i'm like damn they post it's good stuff too it's interesting i mean i like a lot of it i'm like it's cool it's a good feed yeah. So, yeah, he's doing a good job at it. Yeah, for sure. Do y'all get gigs off of that? I mean, do you get bookings from just social media presence? Uh, Yeah. I mean, I mean, people hit us up uh, a lot, mainly in Lafayette. 
Y'all play a lot in Lafayette? Yeah. I mean, honestly, around here right now, there's a few places to play, but not places that uh, I think would ex- uh, not accept us, but uh, where we could get away with playing. What do you mean by that? Uh, and what I mean by that is, uh, I mean, all of our songs are like originals. I got you. They do, oh, do I got you. Covers, You're not a party they're, band. They're, they're obscure covers. I got you. Um, yeah. We're not a cover band. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you know, I, I'm, yeah. I'm, so, I mean, so I'm, many clubs won't book unless you're a straight up yeah, cover band. Playing songs people know. Yeah. yeah. I I can see on that. One like those people day. make make big man. I mean, big money too. Yes, they do. It blows I mean, they my make mind. A, they make enough to make a living off of it. Yeah, that's an interesting subject to me because, and this is going to probably be a little bit of a negative, man. But I'm just, I got to go there sometimes to get to the positive. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? I mean, oh, you yeah. got to go down that road and have the conversation and not pretend like everything's perfect. Two sides to everything. That's right. So this this is interesting to me because I, I have that thought being somebody who films events. Cover bands. I mean, look, I like fun songs and I like to sing songs I know, too. And so when I go see a cover band, I'm like, yeah, that's cool. But after I've seen it, I don't for me and that's maybe not everybody because i mean dude i go to these events and film them and these cover bands is packed people showing up and it's like man look at all the people you know and then you hear what the cover band makes and i'm like dang they're making a lot of money doing this it blows my mind and so when i listen to somebody like y'all and you're playing original stuff that's like um what's the band i listen to uh loaded 40 Oh, yeah, Loaded 44. Yeah. Yeah. Almost every, I guess it's all original stuff. I mean, I have one of their yeah. albums. Yeah. It's fun yeah, music because it's, it's like, man, this is just a different sound. It's something I haven't heard before. I don't know. Just fun yeah, stuff. Yeah, that's, that's the thing I like about music is uh, where it's off the beaten path. Sure. Uh, there's just something about that, uh, you know, that, uh, that really hits for me. It, you know, it just... I like to hear what everybody else has to put out there. Like, yeah. Like uh, how they play instruments. Um, you know the the chord progressions and the little weird quirky things that they make up as a band. You know, yeah. I, I you know not something that's already. Well, that's art, right? I mean, that's yeah, like. Yeah. I mean, pr- yeah, that's that's what it is. I, I, that's like uh, I love fusion stuff, man. Like where yeah. it's like different genres. And there was one played at Live at the Lake for a while back, Sweet Crude. They were pretty cool, man. Mm. That was like a different kind of sound. I was like, what is this? And I went and could I had a hard time finding them after that, but then I did find some of their music and bought it, and I was like, this is good stuff. It's not trying to be some. It's not trying to. <clears throat> Maybe it is, and maybe I don't know enough about music, but it didn't feel like it was in any kind of trend. It was just something different. I was like, this sound is just different. Yeah. I don't know how to describe it. It wasn't like anything I'd heard. Yeah, I mean, that, that's what I like to hear. Uh, unique. Like, something that, that's, that nobody else is basically their own. It's, it's their own brand. Oh, dude. You know, that's what I like. That's like, look, I mean, my favorite band, to still to this day, it's been my favorite band since I was in uh, junior high, is The Police. Yeah. And... Uh, I even my wife and I were talking about this years ago, and then one day I caught her listening to the police, and I was like, "Are you listening to the police?" And she's like, "Yeah, it grew on me," because I would tell her, uh, "Gosh, she's gonna listen to this and go like, you're not telling the story right." It wasn't an argument or anything like that, but I said, "I mean, the police are OG punk," is what I told her, and she was like, "They're not punk." I was like, "You're judging their being punk against what you thought punk was, which was kind of like Green Day before Green Day was popular." Yeah, the police were, you know, you get back into like the Clash and the Police era. I was like, "That was, yeah, you know, underground 
London punk. Oh yeah, and then, and you listen to it now, and then people will go, "Well, it's got kind of like a Jamaican. Some it's got a Jamaican vibe yeah. to it." And you go, "That's I mean, not that's... punk." I'm like, "Yeah, dude, they were mixing stuff together though." Yeah, yeah, a lot of fun. And now when I listen to songs, you know, I go, "Oh, I hear the police in there." You know, I hear other people kind of doing some of that stuff, and I'm like, "Yeah, it's yeah, still alive." I mean, they were never doing that stuff to me. I don't know. I still listen to it and hear new things. You know, they it's an incredible band. Yeah, it is. I got one other I got I got an eight track at the house. The police? A, a, a police eight track. Oh my track, gosh, yeah. dude. I hope you don't play it, just hang on to it. Still play? No, I mean it sounds good on the uh with the analog sound. That's awesome. You know? I haven't seen an eight track in a long time. I mean, all dude. them things sound good. Analog, like I mean that's that's the way to go. Yeah. It's not all compressed down and all that. Yeah. Oh, dude, one of my favorite records, and I like it. Skips like a son of a bitch, but I bought it at a uh, at a Goodwill in Lake Charles. I went in there, and somebody had just, dude, I don't know. They probably it looks like somebody was getting rid of their parents' stuff or a grandparent, and there was records, dude. I mean, just miles of records, and I sat there for two hours digging through that pile of records. I mean, I walked out of there with five, only five, but yeah. It, but one of my favorite records is a, a Gordon Lightfoot record. Oh yeah. Dude has sundown on it, and I was, and it skips, but the cracks and all the way it sounds, I love yeah, putting I like it the, on. I like the, the cracks and the hisses and pops and. Oh yeah, dude. Nice fuzzy sounding. Yeah, I was like, dude, this is a, this is a treat just to have it. I mean, it was just nice to have the thing. Yeah, yeah. And it was crazy how many records get just dumped out like that. Yeah, and you know sometimes you, I do the same thing. I'll go. They'll have all kind of stuff. I mean, stuff like Herb Albert, Tijuana Brass, and all this stuff, and you know, like you find them. Just... A bunch of a bunch of stuff that I wouldn't listen to, but in hopes of finding something, you keep digging. Yeah, oh yeah, sure. And you could probably dig to about a thousand records and find one, but it's worth it. One time I did that, and uh, I mean, I found it was Ricky Nelson's first album. Really? Somebody yeah. just dumped it in a pile and fifty cents. Ain't that something? What was the one I found? Oh, I know what it was. Uh, growing up, my uh, my dad's parents were Pentecostal, and they listened to a lot of gospel, and so they had a ton of gospel records. And I actually kind of hated it when I was a kid. I don't. I didn't hate it. That's not true. I just didn't care. Yeah, <laughs> hate. Yeah. That's a strong well, word. I didn't like. I didn't like listening to that. Um, you know, as a kid either. But now I love it, man. I do. I love listening to uh, old gospel songs. Uh, the um, I mean, Elvis did a lot of that. Oh yeah, man. Hey, the Leuven Brothers. You know what I'm talking about? Leuven Brothers. Oh no, I don't, I don't think. I've oh man, that. dude, I'm gonna tell you, you'd love them. I really think so. They're one of those rare little uh, just per- perfection. The songs they wrote, the way they sing, just beautiful. And a lot of the things that you can find digitized, it's um, like radio shows. So the songs are all, you'll hear the intro and a lot of the oh, okay. talking and stuff yeah. mixed in. So it's it's all the cracks and stuff like you talked yeah. about. But beautiful stuff. Beautiful, man. I, I don't know. I, I got, accidentally found them looking up. I was kind of looking up another song and I found a song. I was like, huh, who are the Leuven Brothers? I'd never heard of them. And then after I started kind of, you know, you go down a music rabbit hole, you start to go, man, that's all this work. Yeah. And so many other artists. And it branches off. And then yeah. the next thing you know, you, yeah. you're deep in the uh, <laughs> la-la land listening to music. That happens to me a lot when I'm looking up covers. I love covers, man. I mean, not, well, hang on. 
I like covers that are good covers, but not just, I guess, technical covers where somebody's like technically making, you go, oh, that sounds really good. You sound yeah. just like, I like it when somebody really takes a song that you've heard and that you love and then they just flip it and you go, whoa, yeah. this, this is so much better. I mean, it's a whole new universe. You know, some songs just like that. Yeah, they used to have this band we used to watch. It was a uh, it was an ACDC cover band, but it was a bluegrass cover band. Hey C. Dixie. It was Hey C. Dixie. Dude, what? <laughs> I know who Hey C. Dixie they, is. They wore like uh, coveralls. They <laughs> yes, had like dude. Billy Bob teeth in, mullets. <laughs> they were all ah, overweight. So good. Um, that was some good stuff. I still have that on my phone, man. Yeah, hey C. Hey Dixie. C. Dixie. It comes on and people go, what? Is that? Is that TNT? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's oink, oink. (laughs) I had a buddy of mine up when I lived in Natchitoches. Got one of. I wish I was still friends with him. We don't talk anymore, but he uh, he lived one street over from me. He was a lot older than me, but he was a good old boy, man. Um, I'll, I'll never forget him, but he turned me on to them, and he'd call me at night, man. He was just—he was like a country boy who lived in the city. Like he yeah. wanted to live in a country, but we both lived in town. And I'll tell you, it's funny. I was on my one night sitting on my porch smoking a pipe, and he—he uh, he calls me and he goes, "Hey, man, look, look across the street." Now he didn't live like across the street; he lived one street over, so I could kind of peek through the, you know, sort of see his yeah. house. Yeah. And he goes, "Look through the fence over there," and I was like, "What am I looking for?" He says, "You see that fire?" I was like, "Yeah." He goes. I'm burning some trash. <laughs> he ain't supposed to burn trash in the city limits yeah, up there in yeah. ordinance. And he was calling me to let me know he was being a rebel. He was breaking the law. He's yeah. breaking the law. I'm burning some trash. He just wanted me to know. But he's the one who tuned me into Hey C. Dixie. And I was like, what am I hearing right now? Yeah. I love that kind of stuff, though, man. It's totally different. It's fun, too. You know, they have, it's kind of, I mean, somebody might say, that's kind of a gimmick, but I was like, I don't know. They had, they had some pretty good. Uh, they had, they, they didn't just, just do uh, ACDC covers after a while. Oh, really? They had, they had, you know, other stuff. It was clever, though. Just yeah, the name was. and everything. Yeah. I mean, the way they handled it. I still, when I hear it, I'll stop on it. It doesn't come up on my playlist uh, all the time, but I don't know. That's kind of fun. Do y'all do covers? Yeah, I mean, we do a couple. Um, I know we do old surf cover. Oh, really? Um, Pipeline. Yeah. I think I think the Chantels did it originally, and then I think Johnny Thunders did it. Uh, I mean, a lot of people did that, did, that, did Pipeline. Do you um, ever hear a song and go, oh, man. I, I got a way I could do this, or we could do this. You ever hear a song that you're just like, man, if we put our touch on this? Yeah, um, you know, we think that a lot about, uh, like, every time we listen to NXS, we're like, damn. Oh, man. Oh, we should try to, we could totally uh, do something with that. Yeah. Like, uh, I think the last one we talked about was uh, Devil Inside. What? That'd be cool, man. Yeah. I mean, we just don't do too much covers. Is there ever like but, an allure to that, though? I mean, I'm, I mean, I hate, I hate to ask that, but I mean, it's got to be asked, in my opinion. It's kind of like, you know, anybody. I mean, if you want to do something, unfortunately, there's that whole nut to crack. It's like, how do I? I want to, I want to make a living doing this. And I'm seeing all these people showing up and they're paying the price and these people are getting the money to do this. I mean, it works. You know it works. But then there's like the heart part of it. Do you ever have a conflict? Do you ever feel that conflict where you go, man, I think if we did more covers, man, we could really bring them in. And then once we get them in with the covers, then we can show them our original. Man, yeah, we've had that idea. 
you know, like ideas of, you know, let's sh- let's 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 get a gig at the casino. We could play, uh, you know, play, you know, Skinner and Creedence and all the yeah, um, <laughs> the greatest hits. You know, maybe throw some Swamp Pop and you know, sure, some some old classic rock tunes. Which I mean, there's, I mean, those are good songs. It's good stuff. It's fun music. And then we could slip some of our originals in there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's what would stop? What's I mean? I have to ask. I'm curious. What stops you? What stops you from doing that? The fact that we don't want to, that we just want to, you know, uh, produce our own. Yeah. Sound. You want to be known for your own. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I I wouldn't want somebody to be like, let's go watch the Von Dukes. They do uh, basically uh, clear channel communication songs all night. <laughs> yeah. No, I get it, man. I do. I mean, look, it's. I'm not going to say we don't have the same struggle doing this job. I mean, you probably look at, I mean, you see the screen, it's moving around and you see all the stuff we do. I mean, and look, sometimes a client will ask you to go, yeah, but I want to kind of do it like this person. And I am not going to lie, man. I, I will push as hard as I can to not do that stuff because I'm like, look, I don't kind of like not creating their own brand. Yeah. Because look, you can go online right now, dude, and go to any stock photos stock art site and, and type in you want to open a guitar shop and save some money go online to any of those things and type in guitar shop logo 50 bucks you you can find tons of creative ready-made guitar shop logos yeah change the name to whatever you want to call it it's yours you know somebody else can go do the same thing and buy the same logo as you and i'm not and and they're not bad logos they look good and do people do it every day and you can come here and tell me hey i'm opening a guitar shop and i can design you a creative logo that is original and one of a kind and but is it gonna but ultimately will it look better than the one you could have got for fifty dollars i don't know i mean it's up to up to the client you to decide but i'm not gonna do that I'm not going to do that. I mean, because there are designers who go out there and they just crank that stuff out and they sell it and then they move on. That's just yeah. not for me. Because, I mean, it does. It puts a paycheck in your pocket. Yeah. It's just not what we do. I get it. I just was curious what you thought about it. Because, I mean, people do ask us to do that. I mean, not copy necessarily, but people will come in. And, I mean, look, it's part of the conversation of creatively building anything. It's like, what do you like? So, a lot of that conversation starts by saying, well, I like this brand or that brand. Uh but ultimately, the goal is to kind of just get an idea where the client's at, sensibility-wise. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever done any work like that as far as, have you ever wrote a song for a business or a brand? No, not a song. I don't, no. Well, not far. I mean, I've, I wrote a song called Blue Ribbon Beer. I've heard y'all play that. But uh, I didn't write it for them. Yeah. <laughs> I, that You've had that song. How long have you had that song? You've been playing that. Mm, man, I've been playing that by since 2001. I heard y'all play that that night. Because I, I remember thinking it was fun. Yeah. Y'all probably, it's probably a popular song, too. You yeah, probably play, yeah. You don't play that to that's, start the show. It's probably after people have had some Blue Ribbon yeah, beers. Yeah, huh? it's probably about uh, halfway through. People expect it. Yeah, yep. I mean, it used to get really crazy when we played that song. Oh, I remember that. (laughs) Do y'all have songs like that that you go, we need, we got to play this, people expect it? Yeah. 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 I figured that, especially if, as long as y'all been around, that that's going to happen. Yeah, and and, uh, what we do is we do, uh, we'll play songs like that, then slip a new one in, and then play another song like the ones they want to hear slip a new one in yeah just uh you know flip flop every other yeah 
that way to hear something older that they probably recognize and then uh something fresh yeah your girlfriend's an artist huh yeah painter yeah and uh so that's kind of, I'm, my wife is a artist designer as well and uh there are people out there who would say oh i can't i couldn't be with somebody who does the same thing i do and i i was married before and so i i was with somebody who didn't do the same thing i do and i i say for me being in a relationship with somebody who is creative and does the same thing is been better yes definitely. we can have our conversations are uh different um the same thing my situation is the same it's rewarding because yeah, you know you're not going well let me i would say there's, uh, there's less pre-context like i don't yeah. have to go well let me set this up for you before we talk about this because see i do this one thing for a living and i need to tell you about the dynamics first yeah all that's gone and it's like she knows what i'm talking about yeah exactly yeah well that's awesome ah. yeah and it's like you know uh we do art shows together and that's got to be fun we do man. art together we talk y'all collaborate on pound pieces um not yet but um you know that could be we've cool. been talking about it well that's cool um so far we've done you know basically we'll just basically just sit in a, uh, a studio and paint that's cool man listen to music and smoke a crap load of cigarettes and <laughs> drink beer that actually sounds pretty fun yeah she uh her style i looked i took i was looking at her work and her style and yours are now that i've, I've really got a good look at what you do it's so different yeah it is it, it's interesting it's kind of yeah. cool though because y'all can both probably appreciate the the difference yeah, definitely because i can't i can't begin to do the kind of artwork she does i just it doesn't i'm i'm that fascinates me with her artwork because <coughs> i i can't create a piece like that um and I've tried, and it just it it, it isn't there. Yeah. Um, and she does, you know, it's something that comes natural to her. Sure. I think that I can relate to that because my wife and I, even though we both are designers and uh, creative people, if you give us the the same project with the same specs, which a lot of times that's actually what it's like here, we'll uh, we'd both come at it from a two, totally different direction. I mean, we may have the same direction from the client colors photos whatever we're working with but the way we're going to handle it's going to be totally different you give us the same logo project they're not going to look the same and that's kind of cool man i mean sometimes we'll play to whoever's got the strong the strength you know like if a client needs a creature like a Uh an animal logo or something that's probably going to be well like that that's on the screen they're that kind of thing that's more my thing yeah but if it's something that's more elegant or more has needs a softer touch, still very high shelf, top shelf creative, she'll do that type of thing. So it's kind of neat to, to look and go, well, that's more your strong suit and we need to yeah. flow with that direction. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's kind of fun, actually, to be able to, to know it and not fight it. Because I think sometimes as a designer, you want to be able to do all things, which, I mean, that's flexibility. I like that. But but I do like it when I can go, hey, I'm just, I can lean into what I'm stronger with. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I feel more myself as a designer when I'm doing that type of work. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure you feel that way in both your art and your music. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's there's stuff I'm better at and stuff I suck at and don't want people to see. Me too, man. <laughs> I'm actually glad you said that. I'm the exact same way. I mean, I think sometimes we're learning that. And God, we've, we've done this for so long. But we're still learning that lesson. And maybe now as I'm, you know, I'm, how, how old are you? Uh, I'm about to be 39, uh, November 
29th. Oh, happy birthday. Thank you. Yeah, I'm 44. And so I think I've hit that point where, I don't know, midlife crisis point. It's not a crisis necessarily, but I'm, I'm getting to that point where I'm finally, finally, probably painfully so, going, okay, look, I don't need to be doing everything for all people. And even in this profession, you know, because there's this idea. We, didn't, we never wanted to be that kind of team. We didn't want to be this uh, giant, you know, machine agency where it's like we've got every service and under the sun. I'm like, no, I think everybody here has strong suits. and want to do the things we're strong with yeah. and do a good job for people. And if we don't do something, we're going to be able to either bring somebody in temporarily to do that. But, you know, we end up doing a lot of things. And I go, you know, some of the stuff we, we just aren't good at. And it's not a bad thing. It's like I used to think that was a bad thing. Now I'm kind of like, look, that's not what we do. And that's OK. Yeah. And I've so it's painfully, like I said, we've had to slowly do that. And it's actually hard. Which I, I'll, I'm fascinated by the decisions that you make. And another artist spoke the same way. I think it's awesome when I hear somebody say, I'm going to do the stuff I want to do. I'm not going to meander into those territories because, see, I'm guilty of meandering into those territories. Like yeah. you're saying, I'm not going to play cover songs. I'm not going to do that because I want to play original stuff. I'm guilty in my profession of playing cover songs, of going, well, I really need this client. Which, I mean, I guess that's survival, right? I mean, that's survival, but at the same time, you, you have to, I'm, I'm going, yeah, I'm not really wanting to do that, but I need the client, so yeah, I'm going to yeah. do it. And so you do that a lot, you do that for once, and you say, I'm only going to do it once, and then you do it twice, and then before long, years go by, and you've done it a thousand times, and it, even though you've done it a thousand times, it's, it's still not really something that you want to do. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so now it's a part of your life. But as I get older, I go, oh, man, that's I need to be able to let that go. And I can't because it's become a part. Yeah. I don't know. Weird. And I can see the same thing happening with doing cover songs. Because look at these bands that play nothing but cover songs. I bet you. I might be wrong, but I'll bet you that's not 100% satisfying. It might be fun, for, but, but I bet there's a part of that part where it's like, man, there's I want to do missing, some. I think. Uh, I mean, I could say that because we do play cover songs. And, yeah, the songs are fun to play, but there's the part missing. Well, it can't be all hype all the time. Yeah. You're not going to put a hype record on. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. As a musician, I I'd actually, you might like, man. I don't know. Like I said, I, I just met you, but just talking to you, uh, if you like original stuff, there's this Franciscan monk named Brother Isaiah. Oh, yeah. Dude, yeah. He's, he's something else, man. You know who I'm talking about? I've heard the name. You should check out his work, man. He, I mean, he, uh, I was actually surprised when I first started listening to his work. I was like, how did, first of all, I didn't know they, uh, let these guys do that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, but they're using the money, raises money for, for their monastery. I mean, they live very simple, humble. They don't have any possessions, but I mean, boy, he puts out some, some beautiful lyric lyrics and just, I don't know, collaborations. I think somebody let me hear that one time, uh, and they told me that, you know, that it was a monk singing it. I just can't remember. I can't put my finger on the song. Yeah. His last... The, uh, he's only got a couple of little albums out. He just put a new one out, but I haven't got it yet. But the mo the one before was called Broomstick, and uh, I don't know, man. There's, some, there's certain music that you hear, and it's not just going, oh, I like this kind of music. Because I'm, I'm all over the place with music. Uh 
my son laughs at me because you know when we play music in my vehicle he's like man if somebody you could get in in your car any day of the week and nobody'd know what kind of music you like because it's <laughs> so all over the place and yeah. i said well because i don't i don't tend to listen to popular music at all i don't even know what's popular right now i tend to honestly discover old music i find as i get older i'm discovering that's older what I do. yeah it's weird man i mean I, that's what i do music for me is memories attached to it that's usually why i like something yeah. if it's connected to a time yeah. Uh, yeah or an emotion you know yeah i would agree with that for sure i liked what you said earlier about that about how when you write it's all it's a, attached to a feeling yeah you know? yeah so many songwriters that uh you know, a lot of the popular music that I listen, uh, hear my kids listen to, you know, I go, well, that song probably was just a song that's being peddled around, you know? They're trying to find some artist to buy it. That's, they didn't write that. Yeah. And it's just weird. To me, that's strange. I mean, maybe it isn't. I know it's the business of it, but I find that very strange. I'm like, uh, when I was younger and very ignorant, I just assumed that every time you heard somebody singing it, they wrote it they and wrote it was, it. their yeah. heart was in it. Yeah. And now I, I listen to stuff totally differently. I'm like, oh, that that was written, probably wasn't even written for that person. But no, I do think that's interesting that those songs, I, I guess, again, maybe it's nothing to people who are musicians. Maybe it's like, oh, we know this. We already know people do this. But for me, I'm like, every time I, wa- I watch one of them little stories, I'm like, man, this is every time. This, all these songs are just written and they're just out there being sold. And I guess it's been that way for as long as there's been a music industry. Yeah. I mean, I have you ever thought about doing that? Just writing songs for people, or is it uh, just like no, never, never occurred to? Uh, I never pursued it, so I guess I never really. I, I've thought about uh, not selling lyrics, but trying to sell our songs to certain things. Yeah, like but no, give me never an example. writing, never writing music for somebody else. Like, what do you mean by that? Like selling it for to what? Like, uh, um, like, like for instance, we have a. Uh, a lot of songs that would probably be good and that would that we think would be good like for certain uh movies i got you uh record labels uh stuff like that like we had a lot of songs on one album that would have fit in really good with the quentin tarantino movie so yeah we right joke, we should, you know we should just uh we should just send them a copy of this yeah go look man just make us your band you, you know? probably won't even ever look at it or put it in but yeah i you know that actually seems like it'd be pretty cool because sometimes you'll watch a uh you'll watch a movie and then they'll have a song play at the end a lot of times and uh you'll go man that's like the plot of the film that song kind of encompasses it and you know i i watched a film recently that i really liked and it was a pretty popular movie and i had never heard the song before and i didn't think to look it up afterwards but at the end of the movie i was like is that or was that song for the movie or has that song always been around is baby driver have you seen that movie baby driver no i haven't well there's a song at the end of that movie called baby driver and it's a it sounds like an old song and but the song kind of fits the film and i I, i'm meaning to look it up and i was like i wonder if they wrote it did somebody it kind of makes you go like the the, i guess the synergy between art and film and and any other genre where you go hey did someone hear that song and go i got an idea for a movie you know what i mean and like they build the whole happens sometimes Oh, yeah. I, I bet it does. I mean, music inspires so much. Do you ever listen to your own music to paint and draw? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's, that's I mean, a, sometimes, yeah. Is that, uh, that's kind of a weird not, question. Huh? Not, uh, 
recently but i know sometimes whenever we have like you know new pressings or whatever yeah i mean uh, they've had some times where i had to had it playing and to kind of listen to it and uh you know while doing artwork and it ends up being artwork uh you know for a fly or something though right happens that's actually pretty cool man Um, I, i can see that do you do all that? You design y'all, all y'all's flyers and stuff like that? or Not so much anymore. I mean, I do every now and then. I'll just draw funny things and put them on Instagram. Yeah. Like characters and stuff. Well, dude, that's what people respond to. Yeah. When you're talking about music, a lot of times when it's slick, it smells like... Uh, people have this old the mentality you know of of uh, of a sellout they it's that word man i mean it's been around for so long but it's like oh they're a sellout when you start getting slick it's a sellout you know what i mean i mean i'm sure everybody on some level has some version of that you know yeah. where it's like yeah, definitely. Oh, give something a side eye because it's like oh that's not real I mean, even cover bands, man. I mean, I'm sure there's like a sentiment like that where it's like, eh, maybe, maybe, I mean, I hate to say it, but I mean, I know that's got to happen because it's the same thing in our industry when you look at these little uh, like logo sites and stuff, you know, you just kind of go, eh, yeah, well, that's not, that's not the same thing. When ultimately for all intents and purposes, it's still a human being creating the thing. Yeah. It's just, we, we all kind of side-eye it, you know, and just go, eh, you know, whatever, sell out. <laughs> it's just a thing, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. Well, look, man, we, we have this thing on this show. I don't know if you've heard it yet. I don't know if Jody had did it or not, but you see that fishbowl over there? Yeah. All right. So, well, it's, we call it fishing for goodies, and basically, that's full of questions. Oh, okay. And you pick three questions. I'm going to read them to you. All right. And then we'll talk about them. Okay. Go over here mm-hmm. and grab something out of this fishbowl. Yeah. And some of them are questions that we wrote. Some of them are questions that fans of the show have yeah. sent us. So three of them, huh? Yeah, three of them. And I mean, I know what some of them are. Some of them I don't. Things. That's kind of where we got the idea, man. I really get some rotten fortunes. <clears throat> These better be good. I hope so. Man, some, I, this one came up the other day. That's the third time this question's got all the questions in the same oh, yeah. one. Yeah, that's wow. strange. Man, this one too. Huh, okay. Hey, I, that's kind of cool actually. Well, I'll ask you this one right here first. If you could change one thing in your community, what would it be? And it can be for selfish reasons too. I mean, you can just say, hey, I'd change this because I'd like to have this for me. I mean, it'd definitely be, uh, honestly, I'd, I'd really love to see a, a kick-ass downtown area. Right on. Like, even something maybe if, if enough businesses couldn't get together on filling them spaces, like, even like, uh, you see it a lot, like, in bigger towns, they're like, uh, I call them like, uh, I think like city centers or something like that. Yeah. And when you go into it, it it's just, I mean, most of them are kind of like, uh, it's, it looks like a, kind of like what they did in the 70s, like an outdoor mall. Yeah. Kind of like, have you ever been to Boulder? No. Boulder has an area like that, and dude, it is kick-ass. I've been there a couple of times, and uh, I'm blown away. You can't, when you go, you can't help but have thoughts like that. You're like, how do you make this work at home? Because... And I call this came up in another episode with another guest because downtown is sort of the draw for music and art and stuff. It's right off I 10. But there's some cold spots, you know? It's like, how do you keep the circuit moving around the corners? Because you got this one hot, it's not, I mean, it's one spot, you know? Then And it's growing. I mean, it's just going to take time, I think. But there are some like circuit breakers in there that kind of just, you feel the energy sort of stop and you go it's not translating around the corner 
Yeah. Do you, do you know what I mean? You, you kind of feel that? I don't know. I, I've said that a couple of times, and I don't know if I'm making any well, sense. Um, you talking about quite? You talking about literally the the city block, the uh, downtown block? There? Yeah. Like I mean, I'm li- quite yeah, literally and figuratively. It's like. I don't know. I mean, I, I, uh, I have this thought when I'm down there. I'm like, I feel it almost in my heart. Like I go, okay, there's something not it's happening. Because there's, well, in my opinion, there's too much. Uh, um, well, I mean, I really hate to offend anybody. Well, you know, you're doing. I'll say this because I probably know where you're going because I probably said the same thing and I have felt the same way. It's not out of spite. It's out of love that you say yeah. what that kind of thing, right? I mean. Yeah, I mean, you got, like, music and then food, and then you got, uh, you know, lawyers and banks mixed in there. Okay, I said it. I already said it, so you're safe. (laughs) If anybody's going to offend it, it'll be offended at me because I said said the same thing. Yeah. And, I mean, I love love the people that own those businesses, and everybody does, but it's not the same. To me, it's weird that that's downtown in the cultural district. That's a weird nut to crack, too, man. It's a puzzle box because you go, okay, well, you got to have a client. The people with the property, need they need a client that's got the, the resources to rent the space because they don't want to. If they sit and wait on somebody who's got to create a successful creative business, it may never happen. But at the same time, if you have too much of that type of stuff, banks and, and attorneys and insurance and things like that, and again, saying that lovingly, it doesn't create that that energy flow of no definitely not you know that those things don't feed off of each other no i mean it's a nice space but it doesn't f- it doesn't just i don't know they don't all it doesn't all rise together uh, i mean i think if that area is done correctly from mill street all the way to the courthouse it should be solid if, if it was done right yeah i experienced that filming events uh and you know this is again no slight against the people who are trying i mean many groups have really tried to energize that and there are people even right now we worked on some projects where there are people who have visions for that just what you're talking about and uh but man it's just gonna take a lot of a lot of work and a long time i don't think it'll be you and i'll both be old men (laughs) that's the truth well um but look at lafayette though probably 90s it looked almost the same but now when you go down there it's almost like a small austin yeah yeah, it's, it's wild how much can change. I mean, even look, I mean, leaps and bounds for Lake Charles downtown, though, I mean, compared to... Oh, yeah. I mean, golly, yeah. even to a decade ago, you wouldn't recognize it. I, I mean, I, I'm always amazed by that. Sulphur doesn't really have the same kind of thing going on. I mean, Sulphur is just a different city. You know, we don't have that kind of... It's just on a... One, there's just, just on a walking area. I think there are people with visions for that, though, in yeah. certain parts of town, but it's going to take a lot. Of, it'll take a lot to get that to happen. But uh, we do have nice parks and things like that, but we just don't have, like, that kind of energy flow in, in this in this city. There's just not a lot of walking yeah. districts, you know. But downtown, I don't know. It is it is special. I mean, I think there's a lot for it to experience, and there's a lot going on. I mean, there's always some kind of festival or something happening yeah. where that space yeah. is starting to be utilized it would be nice to see things like that all over like charles like pockets of that uh but it's just uh i don't know those those businesses are gonna have to cluster together you know to create that that is a good thing though you're not the first person i've talked to who's kind of had the same wish and i think that would be a big change speaking of change though i mean um how do you feel about uh panorama music house oh i think that's gonna be good yeah well, I don't know a whole lot about what kind of venue that's going to be, but I mean, I know where it's at, and it's an old Rick and Jack, same kind of leadership. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I hear it's gonna—they're gonna have music and all that. Yeah, 
That'll be fun. You know, the venue. I mean, it'd be fun to play there for sure. Uh, it'd be, you know, it'd be fun to hang out there, have somewhere different. Yeah. What's your favorite venue to play at right now in our area? Um, uh, let's see. Probably right now, um, center stage has good sound. Uh, we like playing there. Um, I mean, I think that'd be the spot to play at right now. Really? Uh, other than festivals. You know, uh, I mean, for us is is what we always lean towards, I guess, till at least till the uh, panorama. Panorama, yeah. And at least you know, I'd like to play there, and I'd like to play uh, at. Uh, is it gonna be called? Uh, is it downtown? Ze- Zephyr's Brew Pub. Oh, I hadn't heard of that. Brew House or something. Where's that gonna be? Uh, that's supposedly gonna be where Luna Live is at. Oh, okay. So somebody's taking that over to do that. I, I didn't know. Yeah. That. I haven't heard anything. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, there used to our place was uh, Luna Live, but they shut down. Yeah. Yeah, y'all played there that a lot. That was our place. We yeah. like playing there. Well, y'all been playing that venue for a long time. Yeah. And in one form or another, right? I mean, yeah. even before. And then, uh, I mean, usually any venue that was in the same spot that uh, the Panorama. Oh, yeah. Because you've had. Um, it's going to be any spot that's ever been there. We played at quite often, too. And that 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 place has been a lot of things. That whole zone, I mean, it's just kind of shuffled. Yeah. Ever yeah, since Rick and Jack's, uh, it's been, you know. Yeah. I mean, we played there when there was Rick and Jack's. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a lot. I mean, I remember Rick and Jack's pretty we played well. Played there when it was Rick and Jack's. Uh, Happy Hippie. Yeah. It was Dharma for a while, right? Dharma. We played at Dharma. We had a show. Book Wait, for no, there was something else. There was the uh, the uh, Pint House pizza, Pizzeria. Pint House we did, Pizzeria. They didn't have bands play there. That's right. Um, but yeah, we had one booked for uh, um, Sloppy's downtown, but uh, they shut down before we before that date came up. Yeah, and I went there a couple of times to film some things, and and uh, I, it was a good venue. I liked it. Like, it was packed. Actually, they had that brunch. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I I went there all the time. Did you? Yeah. You talking about the uh, the Zydeco? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Ten thirty on Saturday. Saturday, that's it. Yeah. yeah, that was a packed little house, man. Oh, I mean, yeah. I was like, wow, that's really it was fun too. Yeah. Sometimes that's just what it is. The the you know the the energy of somebody on stage, you just you feel them interacting with you. Yeah, I mean, you it's know. the same with anything. Y'all interact with your crowd, with your fans, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. I do remember that first time I saw y'all, man. Like I said, y'all had the look, you know, and then the music fit with the look, and I thought y'all were pretty dynamic. I was like, dude, this is fun. Well, we still look the same way. <laughs> I don't know. It was what y'all were wearing, Except though. Did y'all, so he had like, I think he had like little vests on and like something that had like Von Dukes on the back or something, too, huh? Oh, like, but yeah. I mean, shoot, some, some like heavenly. Just probably Western shirt, shirts with cut off sleeves. Yeah, maybe so. <laughs> um, yeah, they had the, had the haircuts. Car, car club uh, shirts or something. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty fun stuff, man. What's the most surprising thing that you've heard people say about you? You ever hear anything? Because, I mean, sometimes we don't ever hear. Uh, well, I mean, I'm not really, I don't really, it's really none of my business to mm-hmm. what what people think about me is their business. And it's really none of mine. So I don't. Yeah, but you ever heard anything? But, but the, the, I mean, the thing I probably heard probably most is just, I guess, uh, from people that don't know who I am or right. know me personally, rather. You know, they're always like, you just look mad all the time. You want to hear something funny? <laughs> Dude, I actually got to tell you, I'm going to confess. 
And so obviously, this is the first time I met you tonight. I mean, I've seen you, I filmed you, I've got, I've edited footage of you, like close-ups of your face, of your hands playing music, and you are so different than what I expected because it's true. We make a we make a judgment based on appearance. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you don't even know you're doing it, I don't care. I mean, I might be wrong, but I don't. I think everybody does it to some degree. I didn't expect you to be mean, but but because of I guess the type of music you were playing and and then this the energy, yeah, your demeanor is so different than that, and it's not a bad thing at all. It's actually refreshing. And I've, <laughs> this whole time I've been talking to you, I've been. It's been good for me because I'm like, wow, I love that feeling where you recognize that your mind, like through somebody sort of in, you, you create a persona yeah, and you don't even know you've done it. And then yeah. you meet somebody and you're like, wow, what a, what a refreshment to know that I was so far off and it breaks your mind a little bit. It kind of breaks yeah. you out of that assumption mode, you know? Yeah. That's kind of cool. I'm glad you actually answered that way. Cause I was like, yeah, I've had, I had that feeling too, <laughs> you know, not exactly the same, yeah. but I was like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a totally different, uh, totally different vibe than what I expected. Cause your, your music, the music I would say not terrible way to express it, but like the energy is just, it's pumping. At least what I've experienced is a lot of energy, a lot of the rock and roll energy. And you just got a nice, pleasant peaceful demeanor man yeah i mean that's me <laughs> yeah it's awesome i mean it's uh it's a juxtaposition i think in a lot of ways yeah i mean uh yeah people think one thing when they do and i do hear about it <laughs> um but when they do get to know me they're like dude you're probably the most chill person i know you're the most chill person i've met in a <laughs> long time it's it's a night i'll be honest man it's uh it's like i said it's a refreshment it really is because uh, a lot of people are high strung man the world strings people out yeah and actually to be honest some of my sub program thoughts over here i've been going so how do i accomplish yeah that that would be weird to like not know what direction to go with you know with anything or be like it's one of them things where you gotta kind of play by ear yeah i like it i mean i think i was thinking the same thing coming up here yeah because we don't know each other you know and i mean i wasn't worried about nothing because i was just like well you can go ahead and uh try to try to guess what this is gonna be (laughs) or you can just not worry about it that's right just you know play it by ear well that's all it's supposed to be i mean look if you sat down to talk to anybody i mean that's kind of what i asked you at the beginning have you ever done an interview like this and you said you'd done one with exposure and you know the the person that you talk to for that's a different person than me yeah so they're going to go a different way they're going to ask different questions heck i might ask some of the same questions but it's you know that's what meeting people's all about i think i don't know it's supposed to be i don't know what's the word echo chamber i think so much so many of us just want that you know and i again there was me saying like i know i don't know maybe nobody wants that but it does seem that way that we a lot of us just want affirmation that we're right yeah you know so a lot of conversations are i mean i hate to say it's just i pat you on the back and you pat me on the back and then i pat you on the back and you pat me on the back and then i shake your you know it's like that's not life no that's sort of i mean it's it's peaceful i guess in the sense that nobody gets in a fight and that's okay i'll take that (laughs) i mean i'll take that but i I don't know i kind of like i like the differences you know you know that's supposed to be a beautiful thing well yeah yeah i mean everybody's how they say um uniquely not perfect (laughs) yeah right the beauty's sort of in the bumps and the bruises and yeah and the uh 
just in the differences. I think honestly, I, I mean, I, I, I hope, and that's kind of part of what I'm hoping comes out of this show or any of the, the small audience that listens to it, you know, that it's just a reminder that you're going to meet new people on this show. You can learn to appreciate and find the common ground with them and go, man, that person's so different than me, but we, they still got the same feelings, fears, thoughts, drives, worries, hopes. Yeah. And I think when you can do that, it, it's a beautiful thing. I mean, that, that, that to me is where uh, brotherhood and sisterhood of humanity comes in because that's, that's important to me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, because, I mean, you think about it like wars. I mean, we all know that they're for mainly for money yeah industrial yeah um sometimes religion but yeah for the most part it's stereotypes that the other has for the other person i know it it is kind of because you know um when you actually do you know talk to somebody that you may have a stereotype with it's usually totally different yeah yeah uh, I totally agree. That's something that uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to say struggle with because I don't really struggle with this. I, I deeply believe that that uh, we're all we all want a similar thing. And there's this Buddhist uh, prayer or not a prayer. It's just a saying that I, I remember I used to drive this water truck and I would read it every morning. And it just makes me think about what we're talking about. And it, and I'll probably misquote it. I always have to precursor everything with that because I, I halfway remember some things. But this is the part, the way it stuck with me was um, all beings tremble before violence, all fear death, all love life. See yourself and others. Then whom can you hurt? What harm can you do? Those who seek happiness by hurting those who seek happiness will never find happiness. For your brother is like you. He wants only to be happy. Never harm him. And when you leave this life, you too will find happiness. And I, I remember reading that. And I, I cried the first time I read it. And I was like, that's, that's all it is, man. If we could all just read that and just look at somebody else and, and not get caught up in whatever the world's telling me I need to take from them or protect from them. And if they're doing the same thing, then, man, we could actually all make it. We yeah, could all have yeah. we could actually all get along and really look at each other with a whole different set of eyes but you know it's hard you know you get clobbered over the head with uh experiences that aren't like that and you can get a little bit jaded i guess against your brother or sister yeah i start to protect yours and you know keep a little i don't know it's just uh it's a it's a big it's a utopian dream man i mean but i don't think it's impossible to do it's just i think in application we just have we'd have to do it collectively yeah that's the only way that kind of thing worked. If only this was uh, the time of Star Trek: The Next Generation. No joke, man. <laughs> Isn't that something? It's funny how much uh, you look at that and you go, "Wow, how'd they figure that out?" Well, you, know? you don't need money. No money. Everybody's job has something to do with just bettering the species, yeah. <laughs> right? I know. What a world that would be. Yeah, I think, and you know, there are people out there doing things for altruistic means or reasons, but um, ultimately, uh, God, boy, this is this gets deep for me. I, I can go down a hole with this type of thinking, but I have to watch it to be honest. But it's really got a lot to do with just money. I mean, I was just about to say that's the root to all evil. It really is. I mean, and look, <laughs> I mean, whatever religion you or faith, or if you have one or if you don't. I mean, it's in my email, and it says, uh, you can't serve God and mammon, you know? And, and I, I keep it on my email when I send my emails out because I need that reminder sometime because, you know, there's that, well, that's the way it works. And, well, you got to 
got to fit in and you got to do it because that's the system. And I'm like, yeah, just because it is don't mean that it actually should be, though. Yeah. You know, and and I know it's a dream. People, you know, whatever, it's a liberal mentality or whatever people want to label it. I don't even care anymore. I, I really do truly believe that it didn't doesn't have to be that way. It could it could not be that way. It just comes out of just plain old greed. Yeah, yeah. You know, at least just, a lot of things. Yeah, bad. It does. I mean, we change our dreams I, because history of it. should tell us all that. Sure. We change. Uh, we we hurt each other over it. We 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 steal it. We. Uh, we hoard it. I mean, God changes us, man. Yeah, but I do have to watch it because if I'm going to survive in the world as it is, I can't go too far down that hole because I, it, for me, and I don't know, I've been, I've been wired that way for a while. I have to, I will slip over and my mind will go that way. And boy, I'll just, I'll paint a whole picture, you know? Yeah. But uh, if you're going to get up and get your feet on the floor and go get back in the system, having that too much of that thinking will just drive you insane. I don't know if you've ever experienced any thinking like that, where it's like that the daydream believer type of uh. Well, you know, sad enough to say, but you know, the bills keep coming. That's right. <laughs> That's right. It's a part of life. It is. It's a, well. I mean, look. It's the uh, it's the agreements that we are involved in the in that we didn't make, and that's the yep. best way I can say that. You know that. Uh, and I, I read that somewhere. It said, you know, when you're born, wherever you're born at as a human being, whatever country you're born in or state or whatever, it's easy to just you're, you're thrown into it. You're born into a system that you didn't create and that you're told you're a part of. Yeah. And so you make an agreement that's sort of unconscious to be a part of that. And so then these things about that system are a part of your life. And it's an agreement you didn't make. You didn't sign a contract. Yeah. But you're a part of it, you know. And uh, if you continue, if if you're going to function, you have to you have to just be be okay with the agreement. That's right. Yeah. And so in in the cracks of all that, I think things like art and creativity and and, uh, bring hope and goodness to people. And it kind of changes your mind. It loosens you up a bit. Yeah. And in a way, I guess that's what and this whole show is about finding the good. You know, sometimes you have to talk about some of the bad to get to the good. But I think that what you're doing is good. You know, it takes people like you choosing to not make certain agreements you know what i mean like you could just make an agreement to play cover songs all the time yeah i could you could you could make an agreement to do that and then uh not put new music out man you know and not not let your creativity grow and and change and 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 become and be do art too you could just focus on doing that and i'm i'm not trying to poop you on cover songs which is an example good (laughs) <laughs> right, you know what I mean? But you make that agreement, and it's an, um, you know, and, and instead you've chosen to, you know, stay true to doing original work and stuff like that, and for the most part, and, and uh, focusing on art, and that's a good thing, man. I mean, and, and you're bringing a lot of joy to people who love your music. I think that's good for the community. Need you need people like you doing that, you know, because if nobody does that, who's going to make the original songs that other people are going to cover fifty years from now? <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. If everything's a cover song. Yeah. Well, I got one more question in the bowl. We have okay. one left. This one's kind of like the last one, though, but it's a little different. It's maybe a sadder question. What do you hope people will think or feel about you when you're gone? There's a monument, a Von Duke monument, and it's got something on it. Or somebody's standing up talking about you. What, what do they say? Well, I mean, I hope it'd be good stuff. <laughs> no. Uh, I'm making sure now that it's going to be good stuff. That's a good attitude, <laughs> man. That's the right thing to say. But, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully 
that uh, you know enough of 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 my beliefs will will like you know uh, bleed over to to like my kids and and, and then they can pass it on and, and and hopefully you know that that's how you know how I'm remembered is uh, I guess through the, the the positive things that I do and the ripple effect I guess uh, sure basically my my you know my body could die but my soul could maybe live on through you know what what i teach my kids and they teach theirs yeah and you know don't you know that that your grandfather was an artist and blah 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 here's his stuff yeah oh man let me see that okay and and you know uh then it influences them to do artwork play music did you hear did you ever hear this did you ever hear this cd that your grandfather put out yeah uh Oh man, we gotta have a copy of that. Maybe we could play at the next family reunion. Uh, you know, like you know, it is a hard question, but it is. But I think what you're uh, saying is very touching, to be honest. I with guess you. it'd be nice to be able to leave leave somebody with something like like memories and motivation to to you know to to uh, do hobbies and you know. I mean, I guess that's the only thing I could hope for is. No, that's really beautiful, Ben. I mean, look, what you're saying is just precisely what we ought to all be doing, man. I mean, you're talking about, I don't know, there's something special listening to you say that. I hear you saying something that I would hope, too. I mean, people who make things, uh, I mean, we all want that, I think. And I'm, I don't know, I can't read everybody's mind or their hearts, but I mean, I think, if you, especially if you have children, you, you want to go, hey, I hope I left you something. Not necess- Maybe something you can touch. But if I left you something you can touch or and what I mean by touch, I mean like listen to or read or hear or interact with. If I left you something like that, when you touch it, when you interact with it, you get a you you get a feeling of who I was and who I am. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. You you interact with that thing and then it gives them a sense of who you were and you hope that leaves I don't know, imprints upon them, maybe something they that when they when they change because of it, they pass something on too. It could be something new, but it's a blossoming of that person and maybe even yeah. a little small way. Yeah. Is that kind of what you're saying? Because mm-hmm. it's what it sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I hope the same thing, man. I mean, it's less about what somebody says about me. It's like my dad. You know, my my dad's passed away 3 years now and when I talk about him, I could sit here and tell you my dad was this kind of a man. That's kind of whatever, right? I mean, that's just a, uh, I don't know. It's like a wind rushing by. You barely catch it and then it's gone. But yeah. if I tell you a story about something he did and what I remember about it and how that changed me, because that's mostly what I would, sh- that's the real stuff. And why I remember that story, that's, that's of more value because, yeah, you're going to learn about the man but it's the effect that that's really you're like wow the imprint you know and maybe that sharing of that story imprints on you or whoever hears it you know that's that's i guess that's kind of what i want to more than anything is to be remembered in a positive way one and just to have not for it to have not uh for someone that maybe to have encountered me to have not been valueless even if it's just a little bit I mean, I guess I'm perfectly fine to fade away, too, if that's all I get. But I I don't know. I mean, to to be remembered, maybe that's a little (laughs) maybe there's just a human need to that because you don't feel like you faded away. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think it's natural to fear just being nothing. But uh, 
Some families are very good at that, though, remembering their ancestors, and some aren't. Yeah, I know mine are. I mean, are sure. they really? Oh yeah. I mean, it's like I had a great grandfather that, uh, and it was an artist, and he did music too. And sure. really, we got old record copies of him singing, and I have like two of his artwork portfolios. And the thing is, he passed that down uh, to my grandfather, and my grandfather passed it down to me. That is amazing. And so, um, dude, in the same aspect with artwork, um, my great grandfather passed artwork to his son, and then uh, my my grandfather. I guess he kind of skipped a generation, but then my grandfather taught me. That makes me feel. I don't know, man. I mean, you know, the the whole thing about being present and really awareness. Hearing you say that and knowing that you took the time to come over here and then you brought your portfolio and then I got to look through it and we talked about it. It's it's an interesting way to look at things and I wish I could look at more parts of my life that way. It expands the whole experience because look, I mean, I'm not only am I looking at your art, when I look at your art, I'm actually seeing the domino effect of what you just shared. I mean, you're a direct result. You're yeah, you're their karma basically being yeah, played and that's out. What I, that's what I'd like to. Uh, that's what I like to leave um, when I go. That's beautiful, man. Um, you know, to be able to you know show somebody, which I do. My my son, he uh, you know he he draws like little comic book characters and stuff. Yeah. And, and I'll show him you know different like just like what my grandfather did, like uh, you know little light sketches to to do like the the, the frame on the body and all that and. Uh, and, you know, I tell them to draw it basically like my grandfather did with me. And then I'll go in and look at it and then give him some pointers and just leave him with it. And then he just sits there and draws them by himself at that point. And by the time he's drawn them, you know, over and over, he just gets better. So, yeah, so I think that uh, I think that I'll be able to teach him a little bit enough to uh, motivate him to stick with it. Yeah. What you're describing, the awareness of that is awesome, man. I mean, as I'm listening to you say that, I kind of get this almost like feeling of of watching that happen. And you you just kind of see the timeline behind you. Do you know what I mean? Like the the gravity of all that small, that small history. And I want to I would love to say that that's the kind of life I live is that I see that in everything. But I it has to be cultivated because, I mean, I can blow through the day and not have those moments. There's this house, and I don't know, just kind of circling back to what you'd said about being a carpenter, you know, that you did carpenter work. There's this house that my dad had uh, remodeled and, and kind of fixed after the hurricane. It was one of the last houses that he worked on before he got sick. And uh, he was still healthy at that time, you know, and I uh, I remember going over there and, and just it was nice because I hadn't seen him work on a house in a long time. The smell of the wood and then the rafters yeah. and I never got to see it. I was doing another job, but I would stop my visit. So I got to see some of the progress. But then, uh, you know, it's a completed home now. He finished it and moved on. So I never really got to go back inside. But when I drive by that house in Lake Charles now, it's on Common Street, and I drive by it quite a bit. I always slow I feel I feel my foot just go yeah. let off the gas right there. And it's very yeah. subtle. I mean, I blow right by it, but I have that feeling of, like, his history just in that house. His energy's in that house. Yeah, it's the strangest thing. Like, I, I do it exactly. Then I go, man, my dad, I remember that memory comes back, and I, I just, for a split second, his whole history is just right there, you know, in that one little moment. Yeah. And uh, it makes me kind of, again, want to go back and just, like, 
pause time and like have more of an awareness of that, you know, yeah. and it just may, and, and I can't do that, but listening to you talk, I guess is what I guess I'm ultimately getting to is it makes me want to cultivate more awareness for those moments. Yeah. And, and you see, that's one thing for me is um, I'm actually, it's actually not very easy right now because he just started playing video games so it's like <laughs> oh i know my Golly, son he was just getting into artwork yeah that the, that'll steal him away games but uh he's I, I think that he's got pretty much a time limit now so uh, that's good we have to do the same thing my my son's the same exact age as yours and it's the same thing yeah i try to not give him i mean i can't say i don't get frustrated with it i try to not uh my wife and I both try to kind of call it back, and I guess right now I'm not super worried because he gets a healthy dose of both. He does he does artwork. He plays with you know different things. He's got a variety. Still wants to do outside stuff. I guess the fear at the back of my mind fear is that the device ultimately, if I'm watching it, like okay, if he doesn't want to do those things anymore, then I've got a problem. Yes, you yeah. know because I played video games. When Me I was too. a kid, I too. Sure did. I but I did. Atari, I, I played. Yeah. You know, we didn't have phones and, and little smaller devices that were portable. But, and you know, I, I can remember like binge playing a, a few times, you know, like just, you know, we, the last big gaming system I was involved with was Nintendo. I kind of got out. But when I was little and that was what was out there. Yeah. I had uh, Atari and, and Nintendo and then maybe a Sega Genesis and that's it. Oh, yeah. Sega Genesis. That was been and the I 90s. I remember it. that. Yeah. But I'm the same way. I checked out, but a lot of people didn't, and they stayed in it. And it gave, I've seen people's whole lives get turned upside down over games and stuff. But, yeah, we just try to be aware because I don't want to tell him you can't play a game because, I mean, they're kind of fun. I mean, he has a good time. He laughs. and Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's like that. You know, they're games. I mean, you know, just like any other game. Yeah, and it's like that. You don't want to force them to not play and uh, force yeah. them to do anything, and it's... Yeah, well, you know, I mean, how it goes when you force any, I mean, if they're anything like we are or anybody else, you force somebody to do something and that never gets a, Yeah, that's a temporary submission. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so. I don't know. I think it sounds to me like we're probably a lot alike in that thinking. I mean, you just kind of watch it and do the best you can. But if it looks like it's getting out of hand, you just rein it back, you know, (laughs) which it might be, there might be some tears, you know, involved, (laughs) but I don't know. I mean, you know, spending time with them and just say, you know, one thing is just getting outside too. I mean, just getting away from that. Do y'all spend a lot of time outdoors? Yeah. I mean, they, they ride bikes and, uh, you know, we go to the park and, yeah. um, I got a big yard. They could throw the ball or whatever, ride bikes, scooters, and, or just hang around, you know? Yeah, man. That's it. I mean, sometimes, you know, sometimes that's, you know, just what the, the way we find entertainment is, uh, you know, it ain't at a store. It ain't like we always got to be doing something. It's just uh, enjoying each other's company around the house. Right. That's one thing that I like about having a family, man. I just like being together. You know, I, my oldest boy, We'll spend a lot of time with me and my wife. And sometimes I honestly think we're probably his best friends. And I don't know that a lot of people can say that. I mean, you know, with a 15-year-old child, you know, dead center of high school and all the things going on with it. But, I mean, I spend a lot of time with my oldest son. And we have a lot of really good conversations. I mean, he, he comes to us and asks questions, like real life questions and i'm always amazed i think sometimes i even take it for granted because i think it's normal 
Yeah. And then I see the relationship and the, the lack or lack of a relationship a lot of times. And I go, man, I need to remember that I am, I have a treasure in this child because he could not do this. Cause I didn't do that. You know, I didn't, I love my parents, but I didn't go to them with my deep well, no worries, no. fears. I mean, I kept all that to myself Yeah, and he doesn't do that. And I'm like, why? And I don't know if it's him or if it's us, but maybe it's both, but I'm, I'm happy that it's that way. And I want that. I want, I want my kids to, to feel like that. Cause if you, if they don't have that, I mean, it I, mean, just I think gets, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah. Right. Supposed to nurture them in that way. Not just, uh, kinda, I mean, you don't want them to feel threatened. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah. And put it off or uh, worry about it and just plumb not let you know anything. And Right. If you don't know anything, how can you, you know, work on things together? Yeah. I mean, I don't know what families are, if families have always been that way. I mean, I've heard people say sometimes people used to have kids to work their farm, you know. Yeah. <laughs> There's more people to yeah. take care of chores, but. Uh, maybe it's evolving, you know, because. Yeah, I mean, I hear stories, you know, of past generations of family life um, through my family. And it could see where it's uh, it's kind of changed every, uh, you know, every generation. So I think it's kind of like basically evolving. Yeah, I think you're right. I mean, now, I mean, I don't need my son to do a ton of chores when I have a farm to run, you know, or a ranch or something. And... So being in a, in a home together, I mean, it, it, we should be in a relationship together. I like that he feels like he can, uh, I don't know. I, I hate to say pride. I mean, but I do take a little pride in that. I feel a, in a sense of accomplishment, I guess, as a yeah. a person and a parent. Because, I mean, I've had I've failed in a lot of ways. I mean, a lot, you know. I would fail every day at a lot of things. But hopefully I'm making some successes in that in that regard, which ultimately goes back to that question that started all this, is that, you know, maybe he'll be a, have a healthy mind and yeah. a, a comforted heart. And, hey, if that's how he thinks a family relationship should be when he has children. Well, yeah, definitely. You know, maybe it'll be even more I mean, of an you evolution. Be scared or afraid to talk to your family because it's like uh, when you're scared and afraid, I mean, that's the kid grows up fearing everything. Fear, I mean, it's like. What what do you have when you have fear? You shut off everything, and I mean I think a lot in the past. I think it was like the mentality of uh, respect was gained through fear, like with kids and all that. But I it's I don't think it's not supposed to be like that. No, I agree. You know your your kids shouldn't have to fear nothing, especially their parents. Their parents, I mean, on a daily basis, I right? Mean, that'd be horrifying. A lot of people, that's their whole reality, though. I mean, I, I those kind of stories break my heart more than anything. Getting going back to the news, I mean, that's partly the types of stories that really hurt me the most are human tragedies like that. I mean, yeah, the big stuff, but like it's those small, smaller, like just individual stories that really break my heart. Because I, I love, I, I don't know, I I love my children, you know, especially I, I don't know, I, I love them especially when they're sleeping. I love to go in there when they're asleep and just lay with them and just, yeah. you know, that's something just feels like, oh man. In that moment, they're safe, you know, and you're going, okay, if we have the just just peaceful sleep is yeah. such a blessing. And I think about so many kids who don't go to bed in fear, man, or they don't go to bed, they go to bed in tears or whatever they're hearing, you know, and I, that, that breaks my heart because I'm like, man, my children don't have that. They're not going to bed in chaos. Yeah. And carrying that chaos into the next day, you know. And I mean, as adults, we do that a lot, you know, we carry 
I do anyway. I know like fears and worries and those things are like just uh, there again. You, you said it. I mean, what does fear bring? And when we're functioning out of fear, we do different things. You know, it makes us different. I wish we could function more out of kindness and love. I mean, I want that more than anything for me, but I, it, takes, it takes work. I mean, I wish I could say that it's just uh, it's an ongoing natural state, but I think it's, I think it has to be flexed. It's got to be worked out, and I have to work at it. I have to really remember to not react, be reactive. Because, like, yeah. you know, someone cuts you off in traffic or... Just does something. I mean, dude, I hate to say, but people do things that are just like you go, damn, that's just being an asshole for no reason. Yeah. You know, just kind of just being hard and hurtful for no reason. That kind of stuff stings me, too, because I'm like, this is just an unwarranted pain causing thing. And that's where my battle begins, because I'm like, okay, I I can react to that and go, hey, I'll strike back. Yeah. Or I can really like work through those emotions all very quickly and go, no, I'm just going to be choose to be kind and proactively passive. Yeah. Because I think people see passivity as a, a weakness, but I think you can be proactively passive and it can be a strength, but it takes effort. Like that's actually harder to do than to be cruel. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, instinct kind of kicks in too. Yeah, it's a so, survival so, protection yeah. instincts. So, you know, I mean, it's hard. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's a hard world, you know, and if you're tuned into media, it's even harder because, I mean, we're, we're sort of celebrating machismo and almost foulness to some degree to be yeah. to say hateful things and to be the funniest, most smart Alec in the bunch, you know, and how hurtful can we be and get laughs and people's pain has sort of become you like must a spectacle. be talking about reality shows. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, in the internet even, I mean, it becomes oh, yeah. that. Yeah. It's like a playground yeah. for that and because uh, there's that level of anonymity. That's kind of what I, uh, I like about a show like this. And sometimes when I get on it and I start talking to people, I go, man, I, I tend to forget that it's going to be put out there. And I like that feeling because I go, ultimately, the Internet is almost the the opposite of that because you can be anybody. You can make your, any kind of handle you want, open a Gmail yeah. account, call it something, and go out there and just wreak havoc and light the world on fire. Yeah. With something like this, I mean, I can't hide. If I say something, I'm not unless it's something like I go, hey, I probably I don't want that out there. But most of the time I try to let me just put it out there. You can't hide. And I like that. Because it's just honest, man. I mean, you know, it's 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 the joys and fears yeah. and hopes of a human being, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of narcissistic behaviors on the internet, and sure, <laughs> and it's yeah. like uh, they're only putting out what they want people to see about them, right? Nothing else, just what, just how they want people to view them. Well, I'll tell you what I hope happens. I I do. I I I don't know. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I've actually really enjoyed getting to sit down with you and meet you. And and one of the reasons is because, like I said, it helped me strip away that little part of me that still puts people in a category or, or predetermine who I think they're going to be. Yeah. I like that. It, they like for one that uh, I was that little autopilot thing that did that was completely off, which is great. And then, honestly, you you said that you've heard other that when I asked you that question that uh, you've heard that before uh, that people thought you were mean or something. 
I actually do hope people listen to this because honestly, I think it's going to make them appreciate you as a person even more because it's like multidimensional. I mean, there's just you you know who you are. Yeah. You know, but not everybody who goes to listen to your music is going to get an opportunity to sit down and talk to you. Yeah, that's true. You know, and even if someone wrote an article about you, it's still just words on paper. Yeah. To hear you be yourself and just uh, visit. It's a, it just adds something to add anything. I, mean, I think it does. When we meet people, it's just nice to go, hey, I know that person. A buddy of mine had texted me the other day and he had been listening to the show. And he said, man, I, I've, uh, I feel like I've met these people. It's nice. He said, I actually feel like if I saw them somewhere, I think about it differently now than if I had just walked by their art table. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, it's like, oh, okay, that's their art. And you walk by and you just judge their art. When the humans are intertwined with it as it should be, it becomes more beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure, brother. Likewise. Yeah. Hope it's been good for you. It was good for me. Likewise, it has been. Yeah. How do people find you, man, if they want to just, I mean, if somebody hears this and wants to, heck, look at your art, book you, or just get to know you better, you have um, a website? Well, I mean, I got uh, just social media. I got uh, Ben Von Duke on Facebook and uh, Instagram. I mean, that's it. Yeah. Um, do y'all have a, do you have a website really for the te- band? technologically savvy. Well, you do, y'all, so, you got it out there. Yeah, and the band has a... Uh, uh, a Facebook page, uh, the Von Dukes, and uh, an Instagram page, Von Dukes official Instagram. Um, let's see, I'm kind of have a uh, a booth set up for uh, a Central School. Uh, oh yeah, the Christmas. Uh, the holiday market. Holiday market, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I worked the, the the I guess the checkout table at that a few several years back. Has a pretty cool event. Yeah. So I'll be, I'll be, you know, I'll be there all weekend. Yeah, because they start at like Friday night, and then it's Saturday, Saturday. And yeah, part the part of the day Sunday. Yeah, yeah. That back when I was there, uh, there's a lot of new artists in town now too. So it's a, probably a more dynamic or, or diverse market. Good luck with all of that. And honestly, man, uh, it's been a real pleasure. And honestly, next time I go see you, I won't be a stranger. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't. Yeah. Mean Ben Bon Duke up there playing rock and roll, yeah, man. That's come that's, talk to me and I'll beat you up. <laughs> hey, man. You know what? I, I think that's just to me. That's one of the most beautiful takeaways of this of sitting down talking to you. It, it's just again that that experience of a person being so different than what your brain just auto automatically automatically does i mean you know guilty is charged i mean i don't know why we do that i mean we all do it i guess to some degree or another it's like a it's probably just a built-in mechanism man it's nice to have that mechanism broken and i love